Christmas tree up, please? No, because we're moving, we haven't put it up. Holy. But, oh, okay. um. That's, that's understandable. Yeah, we do have, uh, a little, like, two foot tree. Gotcha. Um, that's out. How long until you move? Well, we were supposed to start packing stuff up Saturday. Uh huh. But turns out the, uh, so I use pods for long distance moves like this. Uh-huh. And I, uh, arranged to have, you know, local storage. But turns out, you know, I called them Saturday to get access to the container and their forklift is down. Well. So I'm not able to get access. So I have nothing packed up. Um, they're supposed to deliver it Tuesday and then we'll start loading stuff up and we head out of town Sunday. Nice. Without giving specific details away, of course, are mm-hmm. you are you moving like cities away, states away? States, yeah. Ah, you're not moving back home, are you? No. Dang. Dang. <laughs> well. No, but afterwards it should make it easier to visit, so. Do you know if, ha- have you and uh, your significant other got each other's presents yet for Christmas? Um, well, you already know I got my PS4, that's. That's my yeah. present. Um, <laughs> oh, that's it? Just that one? I mean, it's a big present. Yeah. I mean, I we'll see. But it's kind yeah. of hard with the timing and the move to really right. get much. I mean, I've gotten her one thing, but yeah. um, anything I buy now, it's going to have to be packed up and moved. So it's kind of sucky timing. Because we won't yeah. get our pod delivered until the 30th. So from Sunday to Saturday, we won't have anything but, you know, what we take in our car. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my wife has gotten my presents, and of course she won't tell me, mm-hmm. and her family won't tell me, so all of mine will, I guess, pretty much be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Same with hers. I mean, she could kind of get a really good guess at all of her presents, but eh, we shall see. The good thing is, is I got another, it's only a month until my birthday after that anyway, so <laughs> she's We'll see how we'll see how good she does from her birthday. How good she does! Wow. Yeah, I say that in all in all joking because I I really don't care. I don't I don't look for presents on those days. I just have gotten to the habit of knowing I'm going to get stuff. No matter how much I say don't get me anything, people end up getting me stuff. Of course, and it kills me inside. Maybe I should try reverse psychology next year. Maybe I should just like. <laughs> Be all up in people's faces starting like October. Like, hey, I want presents. Get me stuff. And maybe, I don't know. No, if you're going to be a jerk about it, you get nothing. (laughs) That's what it takes. Uh, We put our Christmas tree up for, I think, about a week or so ago. I think about a little little less than a week ago. Nothing under it because I'm procrastinating wrapping her presents. (laughs) Yeah, Luckily, my- she's nothing like me because all of her gifts are literally in the other room. She could just go in there and open up boxes and find stuff. <laughs> me, I guess she thinks I'm still the fucking devil that I was when I was a kid because she's going through all this like cross coordination between families and like hiding stuff and giving stuff to different people and uh it's I'm like yes I'm not I'm not gonna look. I I'm not that bad. I used to be. But I was a kid. I'm not kidding anymore. Did you ever uh, undo the tape on the oh, present itself? 
Yes. <laughs> I was, let me tell you. I, I didn't tell, I told my mom and dad this, I don't know, probably in my mid-20s or so, but I let them know. They had already knew one time, because I kind of got in really, really bad trouble one time for doing it. But they didn't know the extent of how many times and how often I did it. I think probably after the age of maybe 11 or 12, I never didn't know what I was getting for Christmas. <laughs> because, man, I was bad. I learned a trick. I forget who I learned it from, but I learned that trick of if you take, if, uh, if you boil water and then take a present and hover it over the steaming hot water it will make the 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 tape actually like rolls up on itself and it retains its stickiness so then you can just open the fucking thing up and then do whatever and then you can just place the pet place the wrapper back where you found it and just put the tape back in and it would never never be the wiser you went all out on that bruh i was bad uh, I, I'm, I remember, I know when I got clothes, I knew when I got <laughs> toys, I knew when I got games, I knew what my fucking, like, cousins were getting, I knew what y'all were getting, if mom, if mom got y'all stuff, mm-hmm. I knew what y'all got before you got it, <laughs> because she, she kept all the presents under the tree, and I'm like, let's see what, let's see what Chris got this year, you know, let's see what Zane got this year, I'm like, these motherfuckers, <laughs> make it out like bandits, I got socks. <laughs> yeah, because you keep opening your presents. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, as I got older, holiday the the presents stuff for me really lost its appeal. I mean, years and years ago, to me, Christmas became more and more about seeing family that I don't get to see, or yeah. even that I just don't go see throughout the year. Like I got, I have family in several states away that I haven't seen in probably four or five years, if not more. I set up a little Skype thing for us to do a holiday, uh, like little, kind of like a FaceTime thing this year. I can actually see some people. It's it, it's it's also on me. I mean, they could, my family could come see me. I could also go see my family. So I mean I I understand it's not always it's not always a one way street but there are a lot of times where I just can't I don't see my family I think I stay more connected with family on Facebook than I do anything else yeah same there and I don't know I I guess because once I started getting out and doing stuff on my own and just I just and I've told my wife this the past two almost every year we've been together like you don't even have to get me anything because I have stuff and. Unfortunately, we brought this up before. We have a very expensive hobby. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it. I'm sure to somebody that makes like eighty, ninety thousand a year times two with a combined income, maybe a gaming hobby to them is like chump change. But to me, sixty dollars for a new game is expensive. Five hundred dollars for a new console is expensive. Four hundred dollars for a new PC uh, uh, part is expensive and so on and so on and so forth that's not counting controllers and cables and accessories etc that's not counting anime that's not counting motorcycle stuff if i want that too i mean it's not counting all the things that i have i have a lot of what are to me expensive hobbies and since i've gone out of my way over the years to just buy the shit that i want if i have the money and it becomes available 
when Christmas time rolls around, I don't expect anything from anyone because there's nothing I really want. I've already bought it all. The main thing that I want out of Christmas is kind of the same thing I really want out of like Thanksgiving. I just want to go eat and see family and hang out. Yeah. The sad part of it is, is it's, I've got, you know, I've got one side of my family that lives in one state. I've got the, uh, the same side has other family in another state. The other side of my family is kind of local, but all spread out. Then I have all of her family, which is split up in one, two, almost three separate ways. <laughs> so sadly, Christmas has become more of like, okay, go here, do something for a couple hours, go there, do something for a couple hours, go here, do something for a couple hours, go there, do something for a couple hours. I'm kind of worn out on Christmas days now because I usually go to about five or six different places. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, that's what it's about. That's fine. But also, as a worker, Christmas is an off day for me. So yeah. I kind of like to be on my lazy ass. I wish we could all just be in one place and just sit there the whole day. That would be nice. It is what it is. I mean, technology says we could, but, you know, it's you want to be with your yeah. family. You know, you want to be there. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Thanksgiving is my time typically where I go down there. Mm-hmm. Then, um, every other holiday has been going out of town as well elsewhere. So yeah. it's, it's very unusual. Um to have a holiday where it doesn't involve, you know, a at, at the least nine-hour drive one way. Yeah, so. yeah. But I can't complain. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, I could have no family. Could have people that don't <laughs> care about me. So I mean, I'm I'm cursed with riches. I guess yeah. you could say. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And we are. I think of the recording today, we are, are we literally like eight days away from Christmas? Seven days? It is it's eight not days, yeah. Eight days away. Yep, a week My from tomorrow. God. Now, I want to ask you this, Chris, because it, yeah. it could just be me because I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. I, I'm never going to say I'm old, but I am getting older and time seems to keep flying in my life. I do, I only have one job, but the job that I have is a very fucking fast-paced job, so combine that with coming home and burning away hours on video games, I feel like the years are getting lost to me. I don't really know where the fuck this year went. I agree. I mean, even even though, considering on my end of the spectrum, I did kind of start this podcast this year that we have 23 episodes of now, so there's something to happen, but... This is the, the, last year was the same thing for me. I felt like January, I was like, yay, new year. And December was like, oh shit, it's December. Uh oh, the year is over. And now here we are at the tail end, the pretty much the last week of December. And I'm like, where the, where the, the fuck did I do this year? What, what went on this year? Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, it, it's one of those things where just trying to, you know, think about how long I've lived in this state since I moved up here for a job. It's like, have I really been here for that long? Because it's like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem that long. seems like it's been a couple years, but it's been right at seven years now. 
yeah. that I've been up here. Doesn't seem like it. I kind of have it in my head that once I once we have kids, either one or several, maybe the years may slow down. But nope. I've also heard <laughs> that they don't because then you blink and your child is eighteen, leaving the house, and you're like, oh sh- shit. So who knows? Yeah, it, it's it just gets faster. I I did have a moment a few days ago that. Again, it's not that it made me feel old. It made me really, really feel like the time has slipped away from me. Not to like an Alzheimer's degree, but (laughs) just like, oh my God, I did not realize that that much time has flown by. Uh, And this will be in one of the topics I'm fixing to talk about, but I saw that Mega Man 10 was released in 2010. Mm -hmm. I, and I should know this, I mean, period, because, again, I'm the biggest Mega Man fan in the area code, but I I feel like that fucking game came out two or three years ago. It came out almost eight years ago. I was like, holy fuck, now I'm starting to get old. Uh, yeah. it, that's, that's just a personal thing. It's a one-on-one relation thing with time and, and, and game releases to me. But for some reason, I feel like I was just talking about that game getting released like two or three years ago. No, this shit was back in 2010. By 2010, I had just got out of college. And even that feels like it, it wasn't that long ago, <laughs> but it was. You know, I've been, I've been in the military since 1999 and I've been in the Air Force since for uh, 11, 11 years, no, no, since no. 2000, almost 2018, yeah. holy crap, yeah, I've been in 11 years, holy shit, <laughs> this is crazy, I don't know what's going on, man, but time's starting to fucking slip, yep. <laughs> it's bugging, it's bugging me, like I said, it just gets worse, so. <clears throat> yeah, but that's okay, I'm gonna have a great retirement, so it'll be alright, <laughs> All I gotta do is keep buying more games and and having more YouTube videos to to collect and just have a <laughs> I just have TV forever and video games forever. When I can't play the video games anymore, I'll just watch the fucking shows. Speaking of Mega Man, yeah, uh, just a bit of news. What a coincidence that we're recording this today. The re- the recording of this episode is probably going to be released on a on a on a Monday, but we're recording this on Sunday, December seventeenth of two thousand and seventeen. And today, for me, is a very special day. We are celebrating Mega Man's thirtieth anniversary today. That is incredible. This is another thing where the time thing is just blowing my mind because I personally celebrated Mega Man's 25th birthday and that feels like it was <laughs> a year or so ago. Like I was like, didn't I just do that shit two years ago? Even though I did it before we moved into our new house and that was almost a year and a half so I should know better. But again, it's just five years has just left me that I don't realize. But yeah, Mega Man, 30 years. Hallelujah. Uh, I think this was, I think, I think Mega Man was, Mega Man 1 in America was released today. And I want to say that Rockman and Mega Man both 
were at this were released at the same time. If if it wasn't this one, there were some Mega Man games that were released at the same time, both in Japan and in America. But either way, 1987 today started my favorite franchise of all time. Um, Chris, do you have any like memories or talking points about Mega Man at all before I just go slap shit crazy and? just geek out for a while um i never really played a lot of mega man i didn't have it um mm-hmm. i think i mentioned this before but the only place i got to play it was at my friend's but not at his house it was at the office of the apartments that his dad owned so yeah. only when we were down there because his dad had to do work stuff was when i got to play it so yeah. i only played it a few times on the nintendo um I remember renting the, what is is it, Legends is the RPG uh-huh. one? Yep. yep. Um, I remember renting that one from the uh, video store on the corner, um, playing it. Uh, that was a really fun game. But the yep. rest of them, I really didn't play much of. Um, I've come to discover with playing the uh, Mega Man collection that came out on Xbox, and I think it was on PS4 too. Mm-hmm. Um, the recent one. I'm not good at Mega Man at all. <laughs> uh, hey, it's understandable. They're not all. They're not easy. There, are, there's some easier ones in there, but mm-hmm. no, nah. most of them you start getting to the wily stages and they start kicking your shit in. I wish I got that far. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those where okay, I may be able to beat. You know, I'll beat you know one boss and get started on the second level, and I'm I'm done. It's taken me so yeah. long to beat one level that I'm I'm done at that point. Yeah. Um. You, with the Mega Man uh, library, fortunately, you have several options to go through. Uh, there's there are several NES classic NES titles. You have some of the X's that were on the Super Nintendo. Some were mm. on the PlayStation. Some were on the PlayStation Two. You've got original Game Boy uh, Mega Man titles. You have the Battle Net, the Battle Network series, which is kind of like a pseudo card slash action game spinoff. You have Legends One and Two. There are somewhere in the neighborhood of around seventy Mega Man titles, both directly and slightly indirect. They even have a fighting game. There's a power battle. I mean, there is a there. It is. Mega Man takes franchise to the maximum level of the word. I think there's almost... That might be saying too much. There is a sports game. There's a Mega Man soccer, so there's that. There is a Mega Man kart battle, so there's a racing game. (laughs) There is a... I mean, Mega Man Legends... It's an an RPG. It's more like an adventure RPG, but close enough. Uh, Yeah, there's so many Mega Man titles to pick from. And such a huge lineage to 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 look back on. Hmm. This is one of the it, it is the most important franchise in my gaming history. It's the one I picked above all else. I I pick it above Final Fantasy. I pick it up. I mean, I pick it above any other one. Just period. It ha- and it's and I have no problem admitting that a lot of it is wholeheartedly nostalgia, because as you said, I as well have gone back and tried to play some older Mega Man games and gone, oh, yeah, I'm not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> I had, I, I have, I did have friends, 
five years ago when I was celebrating his 25th anniversary. Uh, what I did, I think you know about this one, but uh, the entire month of that December, five years ago, every single day, I played through a Mega Man game. Sometimes right. two, but mainly a game a day. I just picked a game a day, whether I was working or not. I just played a game and beat it. Played it all the way through. So I did... 25 games that was all that was one through I think that was one through six because I did not intend I didn't have at the time I did the X's I did the Mega Man zeros which are also awesome I actually tried Mega Man soccer for one day and I don't <laughs> play soccer I don't know what the fuck I'm doing so the game did not make sense and I tried but I was like yep but nope not gonna work I mean how hard but, is it to get the ball in the net yeah no, yeah no shit. <laughs> fuck you uh the 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 main takeaway that was the the personal craft for me was not only playing one game every day but periodically throughout the game plays I would take pictures I would take screenshots or whatever of in of screens and if I'm looking at a picture now I could have counted this earlier I see 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 times 1 2 3 8 times 6 that's 48, 48 pictures in each frame times one, two, three, I think there's five. So roughly 240, 250 something pictures. Just little bitty memories of me actually playing through these games. Different scenarios, different bosses, various stages. Uh, and I love that. It was a, it was a fun, craft for me to try out and I've got the pictures hanging on my wall in my house and so much more came back to me as I was playing through these games number one yes no fucking lie a lot of my friends were telling me hey if you're gonna play all these games maybe you should try to figure out how to set it up through YouTube or whatever or Twitch or something and live stream it uh no people do not want to see me repeatedly dying in these <laughs> games you See, here's what I've, this is what I've learned throughout the years of watching YouTubes and Let's Players. When, when you watch somebody who's doing a Let's Play and they get to a stage and they die and then they die again and they get past that obstacle and they move on and they get to a boss and they die and they die and they beat the boss and they move on, it's fine. But, when you go through a stage and you die and you die and you die, game over, you die, you die, you die, game over, you die, you get to the boss, you die, you die, game over. Yeah. There's so much of that that people are going to go, yeah, I'm kind of done watching this now. I don't, I don't want to watch that, and I know people don't want to watch me doing that. It actually makes me kind of freaked out whenever I'm playing games sometimes and my wife is watching me, <laughs> and I know that I'm fucking up and fucking up repeatedly. And I'm like, I know she's interested in me playing this game. I know she's loving it, but this is like the tenth time I've died this fucking shit. Yeah. So I can understand that her attention has waned off. Yeah, we were doing a, uh, when we were playing the collection, we were actually taking turns playing. It's like, okay, once you get a game over it, you know, changes hands. And that, you know, sounds like it may take a while, but nope. Okay, your turn. Okay, yep. next. <laughs> yep, yep, didn't take long to game over. So that was the first 
and it's not something I needed to play through them again, you know, a couple decades after their release or a couple decades after I last played them to realize that I know that Mega Man games get hard. I know that they get difficult. And again, all the different games have varying degrees of difficulty. For example, I can play through Mega Man 8, which people don't like, but I love Mega Man 8. But I can play through Mega Man 8 almost in one sitting, no problem. Rarely have to continue. I'll have some deaths, yes. I think I brought this up in the podcast episode before. I'll tell you right now, I have no problem admitting my faults. I am no expert at games. Yes, I've been doing this close to three decades now, but no, I am not some fucking god prophet of games. If I was to play a game in front of you, I would probably die. I would probably continue. I would probably fuck up. And it would be a lot. But I could probably make it through Mega Man probably with three or four... Mega Man 8 with three or four deaths. It's not... It's not... It's one of the lesser difficult Mega Man. It has a couple shitty stages like the snow gliding stage or the uh, little snowboard stage with the slide, slide, jump, jump bullshit. Once you have those patterns memorized, they're, they're, they're easy. Same thing with me for Mega Man 4, only because that is my favorite video game of all time, and I've played through Mega Man 4 probably a hundred times. I have that game memorized, so that one's left difficult. Now, if I have to go back to, say, oh, Mega Man 1, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if I'm not using the cheat, you know, the little fucking, the pause, just trick shit. Mm-hmm. I'm dying a lot, and I'm having a hard fucking time. Move fa- move forward in the future. If I'm playing Mega Man 9 or 10, I've, I've never... I haven't played Mega Man 10 yet, and I have played through Mega Man 9. I have not beat it. It's just, it's... Those two games are in my liquid working of games that I'm working <laughs> on. And I will play them eventually. But I can tell you now, after going through probably three or four bosses of Mega Man 9, those games are hard. They harken back to that old classic NES difficulty shit. Uh, there are other games like Mega Man X3. I can play Mega Man X fairly easily, won't have that many deaths. Again, because I've played it so many times. Mega Man 2, same way, might have a few more deaths. Mega Man X3, for whatever reason for me, was super fucking hard at times. And I had a hard time beating that game. But... <clears throat> So the difficulty curves in all those games, and don't even get me started on the fucking classic Game Boy games. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, I mentioned last podcast, or a podcast before about, or an episode before, about uh, the, the YouTube channel I now subscribe to, the D-Pad. Yeah. And they have their Mega Let's Play. And I recently went through those guys going through the classic games. And they are, I mean, breaking controller angry. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep, I remember. I remember that <clears throat> because they are they're they're difficult. So that was one. The difficulty curves throughout the generations, throughout the consoles, uh, throughout their iterations. I I I learned all those again, and that was there was another eye opener. The second eye opener was actually going through the games in their own generational jumps, or their their own uh, sequel jumps, mm-hmm. and seeing all the adaptations, seeing all the changes. Those games got better and better and better as time went on. From controls to options available to, uh, to graphics to the sound design. 
You go from Mega Man 1 through 6, it's noticeable. You go through the Game Boy games, it's noticeable. When you go through the X series, you just see how they improve, with the exception of 6 and 7. It's That was one of the biggest things. That's what stopped me the most when I was going through that that December Mega Man play was taking the screenshots because I say that 250-ish pictures, I probably had to sort at the end of the day in January. I probably had to sort through about 2,000 pictures to handpick the ones that I wanted because there are so many great scenes and so many great moments throughout Mega Man's history, just watching it grow and develop over time. I loved it. Had such a great time with it. Uh, I I learned history again as I was watching uh, the D-pad, the Mega Let's Play, because again, one of their biggest selling points for me is that at the beginning of every single game that they let's play through, they take about five minutes and they do like a rough history. They go through the game. They go through, you know, like how well it sold. Some trivia about it. Some fun facts. They basically do like a longer version of a Did You Know gaming. For every game. And I was reminded of that when I was watching them because when I was doing the five year, uh, the thing five years ago, I was also going through history and going, oh man, this shit I never knew about Mega Man. Like uh, a big example, everybody this day calls Keiji Inafude the father of Mega Man. He's kind of the stepfather because he didn't actually create Mega Man. He's the guy that picked up the torch and ran with Mega Man. Uh, that was just, it's just a, a, a random fact for a random game. How the, the artwork for Mega Man 2, I think the guy that had to actually design the cover for Mega Man 2, the reason why it's, or, I mean, Mega Man 1, the reason why it's so shitty is because the guy was given, like, what, two days or 48 hours, 72 hours, some crazy time span to make this cover for a game that he knew, that he knew jack shit about. So, so on and so forth. There is a rich, fun, beautiful lineage when we're talking about Mega Man. For me, it's if you haven't delved into any Mega Man game, you need to. You can take it all the way back to the classic NES. Uh, I'd recommend staying away from a few titles like Mega Man DOS. You probably don't want to play that. That's kind of <laughs> shitty. Kind of don't want to play Mega Man X6 or 7. I tell people to this day, a good starting ground, even though it's not the classic, if you really want to get a good feel for what Mega Man should be, go for the pinnacle. Go for Mega Man, go for Mega Man X. That game was, to me, as far as design, as far as how it is, that game is the chrono trigger of, of Mega Man games. It is just designed to, to be as good as it is. If you can make it through Mega Man X and that interests you, then move on. Play 2, play 3, dip back in history and maybe start with Mega Man 5 or 4 or 3. Or pick out 2 because everybody loves 2. The Mega Man Zero series is a really, really good series. A little on the difficult side the further you go, but it's fun. Uh, Mega Man Legends is fun for a pseudo-action RPG style game. There's lots of games to pick from. And I'll also say, if uh, last episode, Chris, I was talking about I did see the Mega Man 11 trailer. Have you seen that yet? I have not. Okay. Uh, I was I was really beating myself up about that trailer. 
I really was. Like, it was affecting my, not my work, but I was thinking about it at work. I'm like, man, Capcom is, Capcom is on such a roll now. They're doing so good, and they have, they have dipped so far into their jewels, their jewelish well that they are bringing Mega Man back. Was I really hard? Cause I really, I watched that, I watched that trailer one time. And again, it's like a one minute and 10 second trailer or something. I watched it one time and then left and was like, ugh, left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> and I kept debating with myself, like, okay, am I, am I being fair? It's only a one minute trailer. Yeah, I say I'm not a fan of him, like, having a rock arm to use his rock move, but is that really that big? Like, I was trying to talk myself out of being a fucking stubborn asshole. Mm-hmm. And I went back and watched the trailer again, and I put myself in a Mega Man mind frame. Not a Mighty Number no. 9 mind frame, but a Mega Man mind frame. And I think I'm turning myself around on it. The The action, the speed, the way... Like, here, here's an example. This is the stupid shit that I pay attention to. When I think of classic Mega Man jumping, not Mega Man 7 or Mega Man 8, I think of, like, the old school Nintendo Mega Man jumping because I think that's what these were inspired from. And he always jumped with, like, one leg was kind of pointing straight down, one leg was kind of kicked out, his blaster was in front of him, and his, you know, the classic Mega Man jumping style. Mm. Well, in this one, he's not jumping that same way. But, and that's what I thought. I was like, he's jumping a new way. I don't even like that. That's not classic. <laughs> he's actually, I know, it's stupid, I know. But he's actually jumping kind of like he did in Mega Man 7 or 8. So it's just, a, it's just a good mix. I can see from the way that he moves, the way that he slides, the way that he shoots, the way he jumps, it controls like what I want it to be. It's not floaty. It's not fucking Mighty Number no. 9. And actually, to Capcom's credit, the graphics do look way better than Mighty Number no. 9. The themes look way better. This looks like what Mighty Number no. 9 would, should have been. So I'm feeling a little bit better about it. I'm getting out of my old fucking grumpy, cross-armed, fucking stubborn asshole self, and <laughs> I'm going to give it time. And when it comes out, just like any other game, I'm not gonna, I may not be able to get it the day it comes out, but I am anticipating playing it. I'm not at a fever pitch yet. I'm not fucking foaming at the mouth for it yet, but I've, I'm looking forward to it now. If this game does what I've wanted for a long time, which is put Mega Man with a upgraded graphic style with that side-scrolling, yet 2.3D visuals, you know, pretty graphics. If it keep, if it does that but keeps the core of Mega Man intact, as in the controls, as in, yes, the difficulty, as in the typical eight-boss thing, revisiting boss later, take the power-ups, every boss. If they keep the core of Mega Man and the graphics are just prettier, it's just a new little stylish look, I'm cool with that. I think Mighty Number no. Nine put a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, it put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, a lot of people's mouth, and it's fucking just deserved that it did. That's one of those games where I put it on my Amazon wish list, you know, because I heard it's oh, it's like Mega Man, you know, it's you know, spiritual successor, so to speak. And after watching people play it, I went on Amazon and I took it off my list. Yeah, 
Uh, it's funny. Uh, me and Adam had a discussion about this. It was off. It was off podcast. It was just discussion at work one day, and I was venting all my frustrations. We'll 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 probably have like a Mega Man day. Maybe this may this game may come up in a in a discussion we'll have one day about. We might do an episode on games that didn't live up to the expectations, or you know, games that were supposed to be great but turned out to be garbage. Mass Effect Two, uh, but. He was like, you're you're really hung up on this game. Like, you're a Mega Man fan. What is so bad about this game? The I'll, Without getting to the long discussion, without making it right now, I'll tell you this right now. The biggest disappointment about that game is that it garnered so much money from its Kickstarter. It made so much money. It had a budget of a huge AAA fucking game, and that is not what we got. We got a worse game at release than what the game is that was shown in the demos. That's bad. Oh, yeah. Again, I have not played this game. I'll say this again because everybody's going to tell me, well, you haven't played it. Your opinion doesn't matter. Fuck you. Yes, it does because I've seen, I've watched people play it. I've seen the reviews. I've seen the gameplay footage. I've watched the game in action. And without even having a controller in my hand, I can see that game and go, yeah, no. That's not a Mega Man game for one. And two, that looks like ass. That is some shit. That is not Mega Man. That's not anything. That's not a spiritual successor to Mega Man, which is what it was, should have been. It was also a game that had millions of dollars. Fu- it's like, it was like somebody coming to you, Chris, and saying, hey, we've got this, we've got this new shooter coming out. It's going to be called Modern Warfare 2, okay? It's going to have all these updated graphics, and it's going to have this fairly in-depth plot line, and it's going to have a vast multiplayer, and you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, and then you get it, and you get GoldenEye. <laughs> and you say, uh, well, okay, but this control's very weird, and these graphics are not that good. How much did you take for this game? Uh, about three million. Three million. And this is what you got. This is what I'm getting. So, anyway, anyway, Mega Man 11's coming out next year sometime. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's good. And if it is, then yay, Capcom, you're back on my good list. Uh, I know that, uh, Chris, we're going to have uh, Capcom probably. We, we, might, we might have to do the rise and fall and rise of Capcom <laughs> instead of just the rise and fall, you know? Yeah. Unlike Konami, which... Yay, you got work to do, guys. Capcom <laughs> is now showing you how to do this, so you guys need to get on the ball big time. Uh, Chris, before we roll into weeks, yep. do we have any... Well, actually... Nope, I don't. Man. Chris, I just gotta know, how does it feel to be just a walking perfection when it comes to podcasting? I mean... It's like I do anything else, so. I mean, you just make, <laughs> I like how we can just come on this podcast without a script, without the internet directly at our fingertips, <clears throat> and never make, <laughs> never make, never make a mistake. This is great. So, just another tell for you guys, even up to this podcast right now, you cannot comment on us and tell us we're wrong because we found nothing, so we're always perfect. Uh, who should go first, Chris? 
think uh, you went first last time. Yeah, I think. I so. don't know. I think I've been rambling for a minute about Mega Man. I think they're okay. tired of hearing me for a minute. Why don't you go ahead? So, despite having a fairly busy week with you know getting stuff ready for moving, um, I actually have a lot of different things that I watched and played. Um, Hallelujah. So I you know went to your list that you gave me, and I was trying to find you know the movies that were available for free, you know, whether that was Netflix, Sling, or on Amazon Video, which I've come to discover that Amazon Video has nothing worth watching for free. It's like, oh, wow. here's your Prime Video subscription, you know, go watch all these things. Nothing I want to watch. Um, I've, I feel the same way. I get emails every third day. Hey, you have an unused Prime thing. And I'm like, <sighs> All right, fine. I'll go look at these albums that you have. Look, it's nothing I listen to. Let me go look at the videos you're offering me for free to watch. It's nothing that I want to watch, or I've already seen it. Now, I have had better luck with Prime Music. Um, they have had some MSI and other good things on there that I uh, was able to throw on my phone's playlist and uh, okay. listen to in the car. So, can't complain too much about the music, but the video, yeah, I don't think... I haven't watched anything on there that I didn't purchase. I didn't get anything free with my, you know, Prime stuff. Um, but I did catch on Sling um, Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World. So I've started, you know, trying to catch up on the Marvel timeline. Um, next is Winter Soldier. but So I caught those. Um, Iron Man 3, I did miss the first, like, 20 minutes because it was not one of the ones that would let me rewind it. Yeah. Um, and I've got to say that I liked the action of it, um, but the ending oh, I wasn't happy with, um, and the uh, the whole Mandarin thing I wasn't happy with either. Let, let me just tell you. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Gonna, I'm. I've got. I hate to Kanye West you. I'm gonna let you finish. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, like I said when I when I gave you that list, as far as the Marvel movies as a whole are mm -hmm. concerned, they're not all masterpieces. Oh, I know. And at a minimum, there's a few of them that are meh. <laughs> you just picked the two meh. <laughs> Thor 2 was a pile of whatever. It was okay and it had a couple okay points. Mm -hmm. But it was it's not it's at the bottom of that list. Same thing with Iron Man 3. And kind of same thing for Iron Man 2. Moving past those, you start getting better. Like Captain America 1. It's it's a little bit better than meh, in my opinion. Still bottom, but better than meh. When you go from Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 to Civil War, you're mm -hmm. going from the 2-star to the 5. There's a there's a 6-star shooting out of the top. <laughs> So, get ready. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 you know, I'm trying to watch them in order, so I know that there are the gems out there that I could go immediately watch, but yeah. I don't want to jump around too much. Um, yeah. Like yeah, I said. I just, I just don't want you to get discouraged. I don't want you to see oh, those no. two and go, oh, oh, God. Because <laughs> they are way better than that. <laughs> I mean, it takes a pretty bad movie for me to not finish it and do yeah. I get discouraged you know like Annihilation um, but 
overall, you know, Iron Man 3, it's not, you know, a pin, the pinnacle of the series, but it wasn't terrible. Um, yeah. Like I said, I just had issues with the whole Mandarin thing. Yeah. Because they, they had so much potential. Yeah. And then for it to be what it was was very, very, very disappointing. Yeah. Um, Spoiler for Iron Man 3. We can talk about it. It's fine. Okay. I feel the same way. I didn't. I didn't. It. It. I. I liked the idea of all the suits coming out of nowhere, mm-hmm. but I felt more like. I felt like that was more geared toward kids liking it, and less of a, you know, grand scale thing. Like I thought it was cool, but I thought it, the five year old in me thought that was cool, not, not where like everything in Civil War, I thought was cool. <laughs> uh. Same thing with the Mandarin when when it was revealed that that old fucking dude was not the Mandarin mm-hmm. that he was just an actor and the other guy was a Mandarin who also had flame powers because the guy and the girl had the flame powers and yeah yeah and I it, didn't hate it it was just more like uh sure <laughs> and the ending disappointed me you know I didn't mind the ending sequence with all the suits and stuff. Um, My issue with the ending started with the clean slate thing. Yeah. Because that made no sense to me. Yeah. It's like, okay, I get what he's doing. He wants to, you know, he's talking about clearing his plate and distractions and going back to, you know, focusing on what's important. Great. Mm -hmm. Great idea. Do it. Why would you destroy perfectly good suits? Precisely. Why? He, I, he could need him tomorrow, and now yeah. he's screwed because he has nothing. Yeah. There are two things about that movie that really bothered me, besides the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. One was the whole thing with him going through his all, all of his personal issues. Yeah. I felt I I think uh, in the comics he's had the thing with the drinking. But I guess they didn't want to do drinking. They just wanted to do PTSD instead. And I just wasn't feeling it. It, it, I didn't feel like I was drawn in. I felt like it was all engineered for that one movie. And and that was it. You know, this wasn't like a progressive thing that I caught happening with Tony Stark from Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. I felt like out of nowhere. And yes, again... We were given a reason, and I know there's a reason why that shit was triggered in him, but they introduced it in the movie, and they made it a big deal in the movie, and they had a kid come along and help him with uh, just, it. It just rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't hate it. I just felt like, I don't I don't need this. You know? Tony Stark is, a, is an Avenger, and he has, saved, he has saved the world from aliens, and is saving the world from powerful beings. We don't, I don't need this other personal stress of his. I would have thought it a bold and very brave move if they did make it alcoholism. Not only for, you know, the Robert Downey Jr. thing, period, but because that was what Tony Stark's issue was. If they would have made that a thing, they kind of, sort of tried to address it in Iron Man 2, but didn't do good enough. I feel like they went in Iron Man 2 and was like, okay, let's make it where Tony starts being like a drunk. And, uh, and then, oh, well, that didn't work. Nobody cared. Let's, <laughs> let's make him have kind of like this fucking stress shit going on. 
just didn't care for it. And yeah, and the second thing, same thing. Okay, so he at the end of the movie, he's gonna go, all right, I'm just gonna destroy all my iron suits, and I'm fucking, I'm just Tony Stark now, yay. We all know that Tony Stark goes up and down and up, and he makes fucking billion dollars split decisions like that all the time. So when he told me, even with the way the narrative was portrayed, even with the way the story was going, even with the weight of Pepper and all that shit, him saying, you know what, I'm giving up Iron Man. I was like, bullshit. Bullshit, it's not gonna last. So, there's just two big arcs in that storyline that I was just, I just totally did not agree yeah, with. Yeah, the other part of the ending that I didn't like was the whole getting rid of his chest thing. Yeah. I don't know how that plays out in the comics. I don't know that much about the lore. But I don't recall ever that not being a thing. Yeah. So that really, and, it's, and it wasn't a drawn out thing, you know, figuring it out, you know. It was like, oh, I'm just going to go have surgery. I'm done. I'm good. That's all I need to do the I, whole time, you know? It, it's almost like, and I mean, maybe this is the plan, and maybe I'm just not getting the timelines correct, which I'm pretty sure I am because the way the movies are going, but it's almost like they were planning on, at the end of Iron Man 3, Iron Man is no more. There's no Iron Man. Tony Stark is cured. The end, move on. But I was like, there's more movies coming out, and he is an actual Avenger. This is not gonna continue. <laughs> I mean, unless they, unless they wrap it around and make some other way that he gets his power or some other way that he gets his suits. This is all bullshit. I know it's bullshit, so I didn't buy into it. I just didn't care. Yeah, like I said, it just seemed rushed. If you are gonna end it like that, then at least draw it out a little bit more. Not this thirty-second montage. Yeah. So, what did you think about Thor: The Dark World? Um, I didn't really have any huge issues with it overall. Um, uh -huh. I'm trying to think now. It, I watched them, so I watched Iron Man 3 on Monday and then Thor on Wednesday. So yeah. I was focused on that Iron Man ending and that just kind of stuck with me. Um, yeah. Thor, I, I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't have any, uh, do I have any issues with it? Um, I don't know, Chris, do you? <laughs> they they didn't really explain the whole magic pole thing that they were doing that let them teleport and whatnot. You know, yeah. and like the fight scene, it's like how, what exactly are they doing? You know, it's like, yeah. oh, you set up these poles and then you hit this remote control and it teleports people somewhere. Uh, okay. How did sure. that, you know, what's the, and I realize they're not going to drown out with boring scientific theory. You know, nobody wants to see that, but they could have explained it a little better at least. Yeah. Um, if they explained it at all. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they took the time to explain the alignment of the realms, the, you know, borders blending together, all this stuff. But then the poles is like, oh yeah, these are magic poles. Magic science poles, they do things, they're going to save the day. Yeah. Okay. I thought, 
So a few notes about this movie. And mind you, I haven't seen this probably since it was released. I think this is one of the ones that I've only seen once, maybe twice. I liked, I think, what was it, Mal- Malakek? Malik? Yeah. Malakek. Either way. Right. Malakek, yeah. I like his design, number one. I like yeah. his design. And I like their language and the way they speak, number two. But their execution for him as a villain was kind of flat. He didn't, he didn't, I didn't get that overarching, that, that powering presence from him. I got what looked like and sounded like a cool villain, but didn't fulfill me all the way. Yeah, really, when you look at it, his little minion guy he created by stabbing was pretty badass. Yeah. Um, And yeah, you didn't quite get that feeling of actual power. The, you know, the guy had the leadership stuff, the that attitude that he needed. But yeah. yeah, he seemed to be lacking power and however else you want to define it. I did I did think the it was cool whenever the uh uh spoiler warning for Thor <laughs> two, the dark world. I did think it was pretty cool when those invisible ships were coming in mm-hmm. and oh man, I forget his name. Heimdall. So bad. Heimdall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heimdall could see them. He's a badass. Fucking, yeah, I was like, all right, all right. He got his little fucking 45-second badass scene. That was cool. Yep. What wasn't cool was the beginning of Thor 2, which started off with this battle between here's four new, here's these four, these four helper friends and Thor kicking ass and throwing little quips back and forth and Thor's doing, Thor shows up. And here comes this big badass beast thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. Thor's about to get to a brawl and kick some ass. Oh, bam, one shot kill. <laughs> oh. Oh, so, so we're not going to see that. Yeah. So you're not going to show that fight. Okay. Cause yeah, cause Thor's all powerful. And he's like, okay, yeah. Fuck you, movie. I think that's one of the issues when you have to deal with a character like that. I mean, it's probably the same thing if you're trying to write Superman or something like that. Yeah. You, How do you balance his amazing powers with enemies that don't just die? You know, yeah. how do you... Where do you draw the lines on, okay, this is their powers. You know, this guy has to be... has to do something to put up a fight, but then... It's Superman or it's Thor, you know, it's yeah. how how do you balance that out? You know, when you go against Iron Man, okay, he's a guy in a suit, you can beat him down pretty easy, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's not outside the realm of believability. Now, you bring up a good point because that is this is where I wonder, I'm so curious. Thankfully we've only got a few months to worry about this, but I'm very, very curious how the infinity I wonder how they're going to do this movie in regards to Thanos because from what I'm not just the comic representation but from what I from what I'm if I'm taking it strictly from the MCU concepts if I'm strictly taking it from what the MCU has given us mm-hmm. each one of these stones 
has total control power over what it is. Yes. So how how is anybody I know I'm getting to this point. I'm just laying it out long ways here. <laughs> how are any of these adventures or guardians, etc., etc., and so on, how is any of how are any of these people gonna stand a chance against Thanos when he has his glove? Because he has total total control over it. Mm-hmm. The, the Hulk will not be more powerful than that stone, you know, and so on. The way they did it in the comics, paraphrasing and maybe getting some of the details wrong, but the way they did it in the comics was, for one, Thanos was after death. He was trying to get death's attention, and death made some off-candid thing like, hey, if you killed half the population of the universe maybe i'll look at you differently he did it so half the universe completely wiped out she was like nah that wasn't enough well thanos had the glove had all this power and was was pissed off that he couldn't get death's attention the death kept throwing a cold shoulder to him he had another character in his vicinity named mephisto who i mean for lack of a better way was the fucking devil and mephisto <laughs> Had he had ulterior motives, he wanted the gauntlet for himself as well. But what he told Thanos is, "Hey, you have a glove. Number one, you're Thanos. You're a mad titan from another planet, which makes you fucking badass, powerful as it is. But you have an infinity gauntlet with all the infinity stones, all six of them, which give you total control over every single aspect therein." You are untouchable through anything. You can manip- you can manipulate reality. You can control aspects of every individual bit of strength. You can control people's minds. You can control people's souls, ex- time, ex- so on and so forth. Why would death be attracted to you when there's no obstacle for you? There's no way to prove how powerful you are because you are all-powerful. Mm-hmm. If you really want to get her attention, you need to show that you're struggling and overcoming struggles. And again, I'm paraphrasing this, but I like this is the way that I would write the fucking MCU. Mephisto basically smooth talks him into removing like half the gems or reducing the power or something. And by doing that, whenever the Marvel characters show up, they actually put up a decent fight. You know, it's not him just snapping his fingers and changing reality to where they don't even exist no more, you know? So, I thought that was so cool. I thought that that was a very, as far as the story, as far as, as the narrative goes, that was a really cool way of going, yeah, if you have this fucking being that can just think and make anything, he can shape anything to whatever the fuck he wants, how is anybody... Be it Spider-Man or the Hulk, or Th- or Thor, or anyone in the Marvel Universe, gonna nobody can. They haven't shredded any of this in the MCU yet. All they've done in the MCU is shown every stone except one, and told how powerful they will make someone if they have all of them. Well, Thanos is about to have all of them. 
but there's no death. We have we have the Lady Death, which is in Thor Ragnarok, and there's no Mephisto at all. There's strong hints of an Adam Warlock coming, who's another character that plays a big part in all this. But none of that shit is coming to play. All we know from the MCU is that Thanos is coming. He wants those gems. And when he has them all, he is not a god. He is omniscience. He is everything. So how is fucking Doctor Strange going to hold a candle to this? <laughs> how is... How is Rocket Raccoon gonna handle hold a candle to Thanos? And so on. I'm really, really interested to see how how they're gonna remove that power from him, or how they're gonna make somewhat of an even level playing field. And that that's on the other end. The front end is gonna be how powerful are they gonna make that shit once he does have them. You know, like, what's what's it going to be? What's his first action going to be when he has all those gems? Kill everyone. What's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I want to... The, the Hulk's going to be the first one they throw at him, and he just takes Hulk and pinches fucking Hulk's head and kills the Hulk. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that they can do. So not only do they have to first build up this power and have a strong show of force, they have to have some way of depowering him. Yeah. I'm just I'm so interested to see how this is gonna play out. I can't wait. And we have I'm still sticking by it. We have two movies to go through to see it all in. So, hmm. so anyway, it's still you're weak. So sorry to take the so sorry to take the floor. Nope. Watch good. those you watch those two movies. What else did you watch, play, do, see? So I also started watching Daredevil. Oh. Now I know yeah. it's it's out of order, but I feel that it's, you know, not past the realm of what I kind of already know about, so there shouldn't really yeah. be any spoilers. And um, aside from alluding to how New York's been destroyed, that's all they say about anything so far. Um, yeah. I am, let's see, I am, come on, computer, why are you doing this? I'm on episode three. Um, almost through it. Um, it's, I can't tell if I feel like it's kind of rushing things somewhat at the beginning, yeah. mm -hmm. but as I watch more, they do a lot more flashbacks and stuff. Um, to when he was a kid, you know, it starts off with a flashback of, you know, how he's, why he's blind and. That's good, but it seems like it just kind of jumps straight into things. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really go into, okay, well, okay, he's blind, you know. Okay, his senses are good. How does he know how to fight? You know, they haven't really talked about that. You know, what are the extent, was the extent of his training, uh, in martial arts or, whatever he's doing, because he has some pretty fancy moves, you know? Yeah. Um, especially for a blind man. <laughs> uh, and, but overall, um, so far the the plot is there, you know, both per episode and the overarching plot. Makes sense so far, as far as, you know, what they've given us. Um, so I don't have any issues with it. I, there was, 
and for the most part, fight scenes are okay. Um, you know, once you do the whole suspension of disbelief, you know, he's a blind man fighting this well. You get past that, okay, good fights. Um, though there was one, I think, in the episode I'm actually watching now where something, like, completely missed, but the guy still fell down. You know, one of those they didn't catch. Um, yeah. But that that's minor. And it's just yeah. more amusing than anything else. So I started watching that one. I can't find any, you know, movies or it's too late to start a movie. Um, something like that. Yeah. Have you watched Daredevil? Or... I have not watched any of the Marvel... I have not watched any of those TV shows. Okay. Not Luke Cage, not Daredevil, not no. Iron... None of them. None of them. Yeah. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I've already seen the first few seasons of, actually starts before Daredevil. Um, but I think it's the only one... Yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the only TV series, so to speak, um, prior to Daredevil. So, Yeah. Um, I haven't watched Jessica Jones at all. Um, and really the reason I started watching Daredevil is because I wanted to watch Punisher. Yeah. Um, but I know it ties into Daredevil stuff. Uh, at least that's what I was told. It starts off tying into it. So I want mm-hmm. to watch Daredevil and then so I can watch Punisher. That's the whole reason I, I started good, off. There are good things about Punisher. So. Yeah, I mean, that's such a great character, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, hopefully Daredevil doesn't, you know, take that nosedive like Arrow did when I was watching it. Um, <laughs> and I can actually stick through with it. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. was good. I didn't have any real... I don't think any issues at all with Agents, uh, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think I've seen three seasons. Mm-hmm. So, and they're on season five now. Nice. So, yeah. So, that's what I was watching. Um, playing. I have an even longer list of stuff. Holy um, crap. So, when we were talking about the Game Awards, in the RTS category was Tooth and Tail, which I believe neither of us had even heard of. Um, yeah. I think I'd seen the name somewhere, but I didn't know anything about the game. So I threw it on my wish list, and I got an email from Steam saying, this game's on sale. Um, it was 13 bucks. I was like, okay. You know, it's a contender for RTS of the year, or strategy game of the year, rather, I think it was, was the mm. category. It's a contender. I'll give it a shot. It must have been a slow year for strategy games. Um, it's, I gave it, I ended up playing for 45 minutes. That's how long I was able to deal with it. Um, the controls are terrible. So tooth and tail is a play on tooth and nail. Right. So the tail part is because you're all rats or something like that. There's, they're all an, animals, you know, and Anamorphic, whatever the word is, where they're humanoid animals. Anthropomorphic. Yes, sure. Whatever you say. Um, they're that. So, you know, you're this rat characters, and there's these rat mob family or factions or whatever you want to call them. Um, so it's faction against faction, you know, for who's going to get all the food and survive and stuff. And they kind of allude to the losers get eaten, but at the same time they're growing wheat and stuff, so I'm not sure... If the meat they were talking about was the actual other factions, or if they're just talking about food in general. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a little interesting thing. 
but I do not like how this game controls. So you have your main character guy who literally does nothing. You move him around, and where he's standing is where your actions occur. So the controls for this are you move around with WASD, pretty typical, um, and the mouse, if you right-click, that summons all of your troops to you. Um, so you rally your troops, basically, is what it does. Left-click, you can choose which uh, one type of troop to bring over. So if you only want to bring, you know, like um, my rapid-fire assault guys, I'd leave them to defend my base. And then I take my uh, mortar team, my mortar and uh, mortar launching rats off to destroy, you know, this building over here. So mm-hmm. they the other ones are defending, and so you know, left click moves. But you have to manage your income which are farms, like I said, they're these windmill things, and you have eight tiles around it of farms. So that's your income. And as you get that income, that food, you're able to purchase more troops, build buildings, etc. And it's just your food doesn't last forever either, and it, it seems way shorter than it should be. Um, yeah. Because, like, all right, I take over this mill, or you start with a mill, you build your farms. You're like, all right, got my income. Now I'll build up some troops. Oh, I'm out of food. And my, my farms are going fallow, which means you can't rebuild them. Um, so you have to go find another mill and take it over. So it's kind of this, but you don't have enough troops to take the other mill because you your farm ran out. You know, you, yeah. you put up your defensive buildings, built a couple of barracks. I'll call them barracks for general term for them, for your troop buildings. You put up your barracks and then you're out of stuff. So you have no troops, to, or very few troops to take this other mill. It It's a very oddly balanced game. And like I said, I wasn't a fan of the controls at all. Um, there's nothing graphically great about the game, which I'm not, for an RTS, or, you know, I'm not too big, I don't care that much about. Um, but there was nothing that stood out to me about this game. Um, so you would say, in your opinion as far as it being a contender for a Game of the Year award, not warranted. No. Okay. I don't know. That's what I can stay away from. Yeah. I mean, maybe I didn't get far enough. I played 45 minutes, and I did, I think, in that time, six to eight of the campaign missions, mm-hmm. but some of them aren't long at all. So I made it through a bit, and I didn't try the multiplayer at all. I didn't want to even touch that which maybe there's something <laughs> different about it but i doubt it um i just don't see it playing well in a multiplayer style yeah god i hope that's not number one if that's the only appeal of a game that's not good enough for being a game of the year Un- mm-hmm. unless it is solely like example world of warcraft if that if that was a game of the year yeah because that is a strictly multiplayer online game but if a game has a single-player story campaign, a well-designed, long, lengthy one, etc., but the multiplayer campaign is the best multiplayer round, that's not that's not good enough for Game of the Year. The whole package needs to be considered, you know. Yeah. Did I did I ever tell you my Battlefield Two story? Uh, you know what? I, I don't know. 
think I might have told this in the podcast on another episode. If I did, I guess it's okay. If I'm retelling the story, <laughs> whatever. So, a long time ago, back when me and the guys were all, you know, the same, the same Halo group guys, yeah. they moved on to Call of Duty, and I, of course, tagged along with them. Well, Adam, around around the time when I first started working with him, was talking up Battlefield. Didn't like Call of Duty at all. It was all about Battlefield. I didn't wasn't against Battlefield because I hadn't played a Battlefield yet. Mm-hmm. And he had talked all the time about Bad Company 2. Just talked all sorts of great things about Bad Company 2. So finally, I had enough about it. I heard enough about it. I said, all right, shut up. Just bring the fucking game <laughs> to me. Let me borrow it, and I'll get my opinion of it. And if it's good, maybe I can convince the guys to play it, and we can move on from Call of Duty, but... We'll see. So he lets me borrow the game. I borrowed it. I borrowed it for a weekend. I brought it back to him. So I borrowed it Friday. Brought it back Monday. I was like, here. He's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, man, I can see kind of some things, but this game is not good. He's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, I went through probably about six or seven missions of the campaign and man i tried to stick it out but i'm just not feeling it the campaign was kind of shitty and i mean it was okay i give them a thumbs up for an effort but call of duty when you go from modern warfare 2's campaign to battlefield back company 2's campaign he's like look wait 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 did you play the multiplayer at all did you play this (laughs) online no he goes Take this fucking game, take it back home, play it online, <laughs> then come talk to me. Until then, I don't want to hear shit about the campaign of this game. I was like, oh, okay, sure. So I took it home and went online, and my whole world got turned upside down. Oh, man, I went back the next day. I was like, holy shit. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Now you get it, don't you, you fucking asshole? Like, yeah, he's like, he's like, Bad Company 2, they were just starting to get into writing campaigns for these games. These games have always been multiplayer, like, online style yeah. games. They are the best at this. They are far superior to Call of Duty at this. And you went home and played the worst aspect of that game <laughs> and brought it back to me. Oh, I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of that, I'm actually kind of thinking about buying the new Call of Duty, um, oh. which I the World War One or World War Two. It's I believe it's World War Two. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The multiplayer on it. So traditionally, Call of Duty has the various modes. You know, search and destroy, um, last man standing, or not last man standing, but uh, what is it? Just deathmatch. Um, there's their weird modes they had on the last one because you could wall run and crap like that or mm-hmm. second to last one, whatever one they did. I don't keep up with the series, but they actually, the multiplayer on this one looks fun to play. Um, especially with a mode they were recently released. Um, I don't know if it's just called war mode or something like that. But it basically combines all the other modes. So you have really? some, you know, you're setting the bombs on here. You're diffusing bombs on here. 
you're just taking over this area here. You know, it, it combines mm-hmm. all these different modes into one big push where you're taking over this place or you're defending this place. And it does back and forth, um, I guess one more, more mode, war mode game mm-hmm. is offense and defense. So whoever, you know, gets further, excuse me, gets further or if both teams, you know, complete it, whoever did it faster. I don't know if that's how it works or not, but, um, so you take turns attacking and defending. Um, and it's like three parts, you know, you, you have your first objective and your second objective and your third. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. So I'm actually yeah. thinking about trying it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's a after move decision to make. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we will eagerly await your, uh, Call of Duty <laughs> report. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. But yeah, I was just thinking how you said you, you haven't played the multiplayer of uh, Tooth and Tail. and I was like, yeah, man, I'd be really sucky if you just let go the best part of that game. But I don't think that's the case, man. I think I you're know. okay not doing it because you, there's no way you would have an entire game on a contender for best for game of the year when the only greatest aspect is the multiplayer. I guess... Maybe it just wasn't for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. If they had done the controls differently and balanced the resources better, I think it would have been more fun to play. I mean, I didn't hate it. It just wasn't a contender for a strategy yeah. game of the year um, at all. Especially when you look at the rest of the category. It, yeah, not at all. Um, so I didn't actually play play Assassin's Creed Origins, but I did boot it up um, to check and see if there was a new god to kill. And by mm-hmm. kill, I mean just shoot him in the chest, you know, over and over until he dies. Because there's no... Anyway, yeah, I, I talked about that enough last time. Um, they have added a horde mode to the arena in the game. I don't know yeah. if there's a purpose to it, but I'm not a huge fan of the Colosseum and the... I didn't mind it at first. I don't mind a little bit of Colosseum. It's like, oh, hey, I'll go kill these guys. Sure, yeah, try out my, you know, strength in the Colosseum. But it was kind of repetitive um, because before you can fight the other gladiators, you have to kill all these little minions and stuff over and over, and that just got repetitive and tedious. Um, But... I haven't tried this horde mode. Uh, I might try it. I think that's a post move thing. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to be busy packing starting Tuesday. So I'll probably Tuesday once it gets um, either too late or too dark out to load stuff up. I'll probably load it up to load up Assassin's Creed to kill the god because it should be next week. Next Tuesday. Yeah. Or this Tuesday, rather. Um, I I don't know if I'll try the Horde mode. It doesn't really... Um, I need to actually look and see if anything talks about the rewards you get from it. Because at this point, I've beat the game, so is there a purpose for me doing it? Yeah. yeah. One thing I do really like that they did, and I don't know if this was the patch that they did recently, 
or if it was, or I'm sorry, if it was the big patch they did a couple of weeks ago, or if this is something they just threw in, you know, on the side. But the icons on the map are so much better now. They added some borders and a little check mark if you've fully completed the area. Um, before it was just kind of dimmed out. And with certain terrain behind it, um, like one that was on the water and, or one that was on land, um, they looked like they weren't done yet. So you'd go to hover over it and then be like, oh, I'm actually done with this. So now there's a very clear indicator that you finished this area and the icons are so much easier to read now. Or, I mean, they're icons, you don't really read them, but you know what I mean. So, like I said, no actual game time, game play time for me. I just logged in to see if anything was there for me to do. And other than the horde mode, I don't think there is. Um, Destiny 2, they did a patch last week on Tuesday as well. And the big thing to come out of it was their masterwork system. Which kind of adds back in. I don't know if I talked about it at all before it happened, but they added in the, a way to go after random rolls on certain weapons so that, that was the big thing in Destiny 1. You know, you get a weapon. It doesn't have the perks you want. So you keep grinding that weapon until it gets the, you know, quote unquote God rolls, you know, the God perks. And that, that was, you're done with that weapon finally. And that would take who knows how long. Um, but Destiny 2 didn't have that. So this Masterwork system adds that back in. But there are seeming some... It seems to me like there are some issues with it. Um, so you can get the Masterwork weapons to drop just straight up. Which they're the same weapons you got before, but they have another kind of perk icon unlocked. And you'll get a random perk and you can re-roll it for... Masterwork cores, which are the, you know, currency for that, uh, thing. And you can also unlock it on the weapons you already have by paying Masterwork cores. Um, I've gotten one Masterwork weapon, which is one I don't use, so it's kind of disappointing in that aspect. And it, is it a, is it a cool looking weapon? Um, it's a hand cannon and I don't, not really. Um, okay. But the perk I got on it was increased reload speed, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I don't have an issue with that. Um, at least on a hand cannon, that's perfectly fine. They tend to reload slow, so getting reload speed on that's probably one of the better perks to get. Um, mm. But to re-roll it takes so many cores, and as far as I can tell, the only way to get cores is to break down other masterwork weapons. So if you only get, you know one every how many who knows how many hours and you get two or three cores from I don't know what the actual number is but you need ten so you're telling me I have to get four weapons to break down to get enough cores to do one reroll or unlock it on one weapon it it seems kind of too grindy at that point they they, yeah, they yeah. missed that mark you know of grindy enough or, you know, not grindy enough to too grindy. It's not that middle mark. It's on the too grindy end. And it, <laughs> it just, I was reading Reddit earlier just to see, you know, what was going on in the Destiny 2 world. And that was one of the threads was 
or comment on a thread was about how long it took. Um, it was like someone had played for, I think it was like six days at that point, and they had four of them, but they were playing, you know, pretty much all day. Wow. So it, it's not great. Um, the one thing that unlocked this week with the patch um, was the Faded Engrams, which you can buy from Xur, which is the Xur is the NPC that shows up every weekend where you can buy exotics and stuff. Um, but the Faded Engram is unique in that it will give you a exotic that you do not already have. So one of those things is, okay, well, I've gotten 15 copies of this exotic. Can't get the one I want. Well, now you have a way to do that. Once you get to that point where you only have a few exotics left, or even if you have a bunch and you just don't want to, you want to have one less to grind for because the currency to buy them isn't difficult, you can do that once a weekend. Um, so that was really nice. I, I did it earlier. I got some boots I didn't care about, but that's okay. Um, Zer was also selling a helmet I wanted, so I ended up getting something I wanted anyway. Um, I'm glad something good came out of it. Yeah, I did some of my, uh, weeklies on my main character, so my hunter went from 316 power to 325 power, um, which the cap right now is 335 with mods, so I've made some decent progress, and that was with only playing two days, two afternoons. And the second afternoon wasn't even a full afternoon, I don't think. Um, it's, I'm still, I enjoy the game. I just wish there was more story to play, more campaign missions to play. Uh, yeah. There's, there's apparently a place you can go that gives you kind of a random dungeon type thing every time you go through, but it's it's very repetitive. It's not random dungeon as in, oh, this is cool and unique and special. It's, okay. Platform, 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 done. Boss, done. Okay, I'm done. Um, Chris, they tried. It's all that counts, right? Like I said, I didn't know this was a thing, because that's not part of the story. I mean, it is part of the story of the game, but not that you can go back and do it over and over. As far as I can tell, nothing in the game indicates that you can go back and do it over and over. I still haven't done it because I got sidetracked doing my weeklies, and as far as I know... There's no reward for doing it. I mean, it's just standard. I mean, I don't say no reward, but no useful reward for doing it. Um, yeah. Which is the issue with half the game because they don't give you things that matter. Um, it's it's so frustrating to not have anything to progress with. I it's, totally agree. Because I can do and, 20 different and, things in the game, but only five of them give me something useful. Wasn't Destiny 2 up there as well as a ongoing game of the year? Yeah. Yeah, that was one. It was too soon for it to be on there. Um, it, I mean, I think I said then that uh, Destiny should have been on there because it wrapped up this year. So it should have been there instead of Destiny 2 because Destiny 2 is too good. Too new, rather. Um, yeah. And just had its first DLC. Um, so getting into um, a new game 
That is not just one of the early access. I didn't know anything about this game. It's also a strategy game. Um, they are billions. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. I hadn't heard of it until I saw uh, Sinvicta play it on Twitch, and he was actually playing it. I guess you could go through their website and be a supporter that way and get access to it even earlier. But it released on Steam on the 14th, 13th, something like that. So this week, um, and I had it on my wish list, and then it went live, so I went and bought it. It was 20 bucks, I think, um, yeah. which isn't bad for an RTS. Uh, I paid $13 for Tooth and Tail, so, you know, 20 bucks for a game that I actually saw play of and wanted to play is a uh, much better investment. So the premise of They Are Billions is the world is overrun by zombies. Okay, so it's post-apocalyptic. Um, you build buildings, build troops, but the whole premise of it is that after X number of turns, every zombie that's on the map, plus hordes that will spawn on the edge of the map, will all come at you. So it's kind of like a seven days to die RTS, except for it's based on turns. And the number of turns is dependent on your difficulty. The default is 100 turns. So you have 100, and not 100 turns, 100 days. Um, you have 100 days to build up your base. And every so often, I don't know if there's a static number or if it's random, but you'll randomly get a horde that spawns on the edge of the map. And will come and attack your base. So it gives you a 24-hour notice saying, oh, there's a horde to the east. So you go, okay, which parts of my base are on the east? All right, I need to make sure I have those uh, especially reinforced. But you can't avoid, you can't uh, leave your other sides undefended because the other zombies that are already on the map will start testing your defenses elsewhere as well as they do throughout the entire game. So it's got yeah, yeah. this mix between turtling up for the hordes, while also, and I think it's very important, is roaming around with what troops you have, which you can't mass-produce troops in this. It's one of those things where you have to very carefully manage your resources because you have workers, and every uh, troop you build takes a worker. Everything you do takes a worker, period, pretty much, except for walls. Um, and... You have to decide, okay, am I going to build resources? Am I going to build troops? Am I going to build something else? You know, you have your power management system because you have base power, um, which is not traditional like electricity power, even though that's what it, it calls it energy and power and stuff. But it's not your power. It's kind of you have two aspects of it. One is your where you're allowed to build. Because you have to connect your base. So you can't just go across the map and build a wall there. You have to build buildings out until you've expanded your base's influence. Or a, it's just a building you build. A Tesla power yeah, yeah. building thing. And it gives you a little more area of influence. And then you can build inside that area. Um, so it, like I said, it prevents you from going where specifically you want and just building walls there. You have to build to it. Which is dangerous because as you're expanding... You have to clear out zombies, and they will occasionally test your defenses and whatnot. So, ideally, 
you're trying to establish your base in the terrain, you know, where you're surrounded by choke points. Um, and I made it to my first, I, I've played now three games. Um, I have, coincidentally, I have three hours in the game. That's not three games or one game per hour either. Um, <laughs> my first game I did okay. Um, but I eventually got just a normal horde killed me. My second one, a horde killed me very fast because the terrain on there, I was wide open on parts. So I could not defend all my borders at once. Um, but earlier I got to my first, and I actually lowered the difficulty after the second one. So I had 120 days to build up to the final horde. And they wiped me out. Um, but it's really quick. Yeah. What was the name of this game again? They are billions. They are billions. I want to look yeah. up some screenshots and stuff while you're talking. Yeah. And it, it definitely has a difficulty curve to it. Um, but it's not a bad difficulty. It's a good difficulty. It's a learn the game and it will be much easier difficulty. It's, you know, get a good map. That's the only part that I don't like is, you know, you get a bad map, you're screwed. You may as well just restart. Um, yeah. But if you get a good map, even with a good map and you don't know how to play, you're going to die, which is kind of what happened to me the first one. The first one, I didn't know how to play very well, so I died. It wasn't, my map was bad, you know, it's just, I didn't know it well enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I spent three hours on it, and that was just as, you know, trying it out thing. Because <clears throat> yesterday I didn't really play a whole lot of stuff because I was supposed to be moving stuff, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll go. Try another game of They Are Billions and get murdered. Um, but yeah, really enjoying it. Um, and it's still early access, so this this mode is, that I'm talking about is called Survival Mode. There will be a campaign mode, which should be fun. Um, and I imagine playing the campaign will teach you a lot more about the game than just, yeah. oh, hey, go survive. <laughs> so it's kind of that brute force, live or die, you know, or learn or die type of uh, experience, but I'm enjoying it. Looking forward for when, you know, the campaign's added. Um, yeah. So the last game on my list is one I've been saying I was going to play, and that is Valkyria Chronicles. All right. All right. So when I started this game, and I started last Saturday, um, uh -huh. <laughs> it was I my other half actually looked over and go went what are you watching because there are <laughs> so many cutscenes yes I was like I am playing a game she goes really I said yes I, I've done two missions at this point I just have to go through a few more cutscenes and I'll get another mission <laughs> yeah it um but I did make it to Chapter 3, mm -hmm. I think. Um, so I've unlocked the upgrades and being able to train and stuff and actually level up my classes. Uh, yeah, fun little game. It's When I read the description and it said, oh, there are tanks, I was like, really? Um, the battle system on this is very unique. Um, it's... I don't know how much you talked about it originally. I can't remember if you talked about the battle system very much. 
Um, but having the movement points and then only being able to attack, you know, once per uh, command point for that character uh-huh. Uh-huh. is a very interesting mechanic. Um, do you find yourself, and I'm sure it varies mission by mission, but how would you say you trend between when it comes to using one character versus using all your characters when you, with your points? Um, <clears throat> I swear I'm going to put myself on an um tax one day on this podcast. <laughs> all right. D- so do you mean like using the same characters in the same battle yes. or using this? Okay. Yes. You're in a battle. You have three characters on the field. You have three points to use, you know, three CP. Do you do yeah, one per yeah. character or? It depends. Okay. One thing that I've learned is it, it, it all depends on the mission. Mm-hmm. Okay, because your scouts, for example, are very OP. Yes. This is kind of a widely understood thing about scouts. They they can move the farthest for the point. The better their guns get, the better the more deadlier they become. But they're only good at shooting people. <laughs> so when tanks are involved yeah. or other snipers are involved or heavily armored uh, characters are involved, they don't do so great. Mm -hmm. So it depends on where I am, what the objective is, what opposition I'm facing. I will find myself leaning toward using scouts a lot, Mm -hmm. like a lot, and using the same scouts in general. I, I think... I think snipers are probably the most unused class for my mo- most of my playthroughs. I want snipers had, to be good so bad. I've had two to three missions. Well, see, here's the thing: it's it's only because I am powering, I am I'm power leveling my scouts mm-hmm. and using them to wreck face. If I didn't do that, just stayed off of scouts and used snipers instead, I'm sure I could clean house. Because they can kill somebody in one or two bullets. And they have range, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I'm so, I am so geared toward covering field and killing people, I usually tend to revolve around scouts often. Uh, damn it, there's another one. I, I try to vary it up. I think... The typical missions that have like a maximum of nine characters want your tanks already taken care of. Mm-hmm. So that's two. I will have at least an engineer. I'll have about three to four scouts and two shock troopers. And, uh, if the, if I already know there's going to be tanks on the field, I'll go ahead and bring a lancer, but maybe two. Usually, or rarely do I bring more than one Lancer out, because all you have to do is get a Lancer behind a tank, mm-hmm. and they're done. One shot kill, for most tanks, anyway. So. Yeah, I've learned that when it gives me the option to deploy, like, ten people, I may as well not bother. I'm only going to use, like, five, and I'm better off, you know, saving the other slots for taking over, you know, a Ford base or something like that. And deploying them there for what I need. Um, Here, here's a couple tactics or a couple tricks if mm-hmm. you don't know them already. 
the officers in your squad, every time you put an officer on the field, they give you one more CP. Yeah. That's one. And two, every CP you don't use in a turn gets added to the next turn. Yep. There are actually missions I've went on where I will start the mission and I'll don't, I won't do anything. And then I go from five to ten. And then I won't do anything again. And I go from ten to max. And I have so many points with the characters I have on the field. I end the match within the next two to three rounds. Easy. Yeah, I... I haven't purposely, you know, just not done anything on a turn. Yeah. Um, I tend to use most, if not all, of my CP. But... I can see there have been situations where I probably could have done that and been okay. It's this. This is what you should do, mm-hmm. or a suggestion. This is what I do, especially for the for the later half of the game. I started doing this every time. I will start a match, and I won't do shit until the enemy approaches me. Sometimes they'll wipe me out. Sometimes they won't. But I know, I'll know where people are. At a minimum, I'll send like a scout out and just literally scout an entire area with one scout. So use one CP or use like two CP. And if they, if I get wiped out, if the mission ends, then I'll just restart and I go, okay, I've got four tanks out there. I've got two lancers, six scouts, four snipers, two, sh- like it, it gives me an idea of what's going on. Yeah, I, um, as far as the leveling goes, I've been doing mine balanced, um, but... Don't do that. Yeah, I, I've come to realize that, like I said, I want snipers to be good. I love sniping and strategy games. It adds so much to it, um, but they just... I don't know. I think part of it is that they don't have the Overwatch attack like the others do. You know, where they uh, shoot at someone that's nearby. And it's a sniper. So they would have such a great range, which is probably why they don't do it, because it'd be kind of OP at that point. But if they had, you know, even if it was, oh, pull out your pistol, Overwatch, which is what um, XCOM does, you can either do, if you take an action, you can do Overwatch with your pistol. If you haven't taken an action, you you can do Overwatch with your sniper. So, you know, it does that balance between being able to shoot with your sniper at the end of the turn or overwatch with it. But you at least get the pistol, if nothing else. Um, yeah. Which I think would be a better solution because it just doesn't seem doable as far as using them. They're, and one of the big thing that kills them, big things that kills them, is their movement range. Mm-hmm. So by the time I get them up to the front lines... I've already killed stuff with my scouts, so I've accomplished nothing. Um, they are one time um, one of the missions I've done so far. There was a tank, and they were good at picking off enemies that were near the tank because I couldn't get my scouts close enough. Obviously, um, I had you know my tank dealing with those and my lancer helping, but my scout was able to sit off to the side some and help pick them off without getting in that danger range. Yeah. Uh, but overall, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the game. The story, it seems a little silly at first. Um, 
that I don't know. It it seems because he's you know this nature watcher and stuff, your main character. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see him go from nature watcher to this fighter, um, which you know isn't really that big of a deal, but it just seems like the character relationships seem kind of rushed in areas. It's like, oh, I just met you, but I'm going to fight alongside you and then be your boss. It's like how you're... We're going we're gonna to bring this back up when I talk about <laughs> Black Flag. But yeah. Okay. Uh, again, the big takeaway that I've gotten from Va- what I've pulled away from Valkyria Chronicles is not the story. The story is okay. The story is serviceable. The story is about as good as an average anime story. There's That's no fair enough. <laughs> and it gets, it does get better. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's more to this story than what's going on. You're gonna have like. 15, 20 something regular battles with 15, 20 standard warfare generic stories. And then some shit's gonna happen. It's not gonna be overarching like, oh my god, my mind is blown, but it's gonna get a little better. It's gonna get a little bit more intriguing, a little more interesting. But the gameplay is very fun. Yeah, like I said, I'm, it's a unique battle system, that's for sure. Um,. I'm not sure if I can think of anything offhand that would even compare it to. It's kind of its own unique thing. Mm-hmm. Any uh, any highlights from it so far that you've had? Any things that stuck out, made you go, wow, cool, I like that? Um, without getting into spoilers about it, the bridge, mm-hmm. when that's dealt with, I think that was the last big event I've played. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm on two missions ahead of that, but that was the last big thing I accomplished was the bridge part, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, made sense. It was an interesting fight, and I actually did that fight twice um, because I had a character die stupidly. That ended it instantly. So that was always that's always annoying. And so far, I haven't had anyone permanently die on a mission that I won. I think. Yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure. I I haven't. I have no problem saying this either. When it, I've I, I have had probably three characters die. I mean, I, I, we're talking about this span of all my missions. Mm-hmm. As soon as that happens, I just reset the mission. <laughs> Usually, it's already gotten bad anyway. Yeah. So I know I'm gonna lose. But when somebody goes, eh, I just restart the damn mission. Yeah, I typically play it out just so I know what's after that part of the mission. Um, yeah. And I was actually going to play through the one time, which I'm not sure if, which is why I say I think I have, because there's one mission where some, a character died. I was like, okay, I don't care. Not a big deal. Not a character I care about. Um, yeah. But I was going to play through anyway, just so I could see the rest of the mission. And I think I died right before completing it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you picked it up. I'm glad it's, uh, it's, I as well am still playing through it, but I've been playing mostly Black Flag, mm-hmm. so I'm still at the, I forget what chapter I'm on, but I'm, I'm on a, 
I'm on a hard pause with that game. Uh, I'm not only am I at a story mission pause, I'm also there. There are side missions you get later. They kind of go through and flesh out other characters individually, and I am on the main characters right now. And his mission is fucking my world up. So, <laughs> but I'll get back to it eventually. Yeah. The, Anything uh, else? Go ahead. Go the ahead. the skirmishes that you can do. Mm-hmm. Man, those are difficult. They are, but they're great because yeah. they're good for they're good for money. And they're good for experience. Yeah, I did the scout one, and it took me a while, which. It, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's not how long it took me to do it. But I ended up doing it by glitching. Or not, not, it's not a real glitch, but the guy, um, the final boss guy you have to kill on the scout mission, uh-huh. if you're just right, he can't hit you, but you can hit him. Yes. So, exploiting I've, I've it. I've done that, I've done that in, in battles before. Yeah. No, don't, no problem doing that. Yeah. So, if it wasn't for that, he, he one-shots me, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I did that a couple of times to get the experience. And I tried the sniper one, and that was impossible. Um, I need better weapons before I can do too much. Do those, I think. Yeah. Um, the scout one, so far, is the only one I think is doable for me. I tried the Lancer one, and holy shit, because you're, I think you're five whatever characters mm-hmm. are smack in the middle, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, there's like 12 or 13 tanks oh, around yeah. you. <laughs> I, as well, did the Scout one and made my way through it and finished it after a few tries, and I was like, all right, that was rough, let's try this, let's try the Lancer one. Got my shit pushed in. Said, "No, nope, I think I'm good with these for a hot minute." Yep. So I took my time as well. Yep. So I'm enjoying it, but that's it for me for my uh, week. Cool. Well, my week, not really a lot to report. I've seen a few random movies uh, here and there. I went back in time and watched some Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Finally got a. Uh, finally got around to watching that movie. It was for like a 1999 movie. Kind of a salesman drama style movie. It was pretty good, I guess. I watched Magnolia. That was a three hour romp. Uh, <laughs> emotions up and down here and there. Good acting, good performances, but uh, the movie kind of fell flat for me. It wasn't bad, it was just, eh, okay. I also watched uh, Mother. That's a movie that came out this year. Uh, a lot of people hate that movie. I didn't hate it. I just... Mother's another one of those movies that tries to... It's a, it's a, it's an interpretive movie. It's trying to tell a message. It's trying to make correlations. And I got them. I just didn't care. Uh, that was Those are the only like movies that I really watched recently. I've got some more. I've, I've been on a big... Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. He was actually in Magnolia. He was a blonde-haired actor. He passed away a few years ago. Man, I'm going to have to look up his name now. <laughs> I feel so bad. But I've gotten uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Jesus. Been on a big Philip Seymour, Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman kick lately. I've got a few of his movies lined up to watch. 
the wife and I are going to go see Star Wars Episode Eight tomorrow, so that's kind of a hint for you. I don't know if you're planning <laughs> on seeing it sometime soon, but I'm probably going to want to say something about it on our next episode. Yeah, I haven't seen the last one yet, so... Well, fuck me running. I, uh, That's okay. I kind of wanted to just... marathon those. Um, yeah. Let the kids watch it and stuff, too. I can do spoiler-free talk. It's no big deal. Uh, I'm not... Uh, for the record, I'm not the world's biggest Star Wars fan. I'm not saying that as somebody who hates Star Wars. Do not, do not misinterpret that. What I'm saying is, is I've watched all the original as in episode one, two, three, mm-hmm. at least once or twice. I've seen all the classic episode, movies, the four, five, and six, mm-hmm. at least once or twice. Uh, I have seen episode seven once or twice. I saw Rogue One. None of the Star Wars movies have gripped me in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I get the appeal. I see the cool things. I see the the potential, which, according to Adam, all the Star Wars potential is fleshed out severely in the extended in the extended universe. Yeah. You know, in the novels and the comics. But nothing has made me turn into this huge Star Wars fan. I have not joined the collective Star Wars fandom, is what I'm saying. Yeah. They're good movies for what they are. The bad, they have bad points here and there. I, I agree with, with the originals being the way they are with bad and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the, the prequels, sorry. <laughs> but nothing about any Star Wars movie has had me at this fever pitch. I don't geek out over Star Wars the way that I geek out about video games. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So when I watched episode seven, I thought it was a cool movie. I enjoyed it, had a good time, but I wasn't doing backflips when I got home like when I watched Winter Soldier or Civil War or, you know, playing Witcher 3 or whatever game that I was playing. So I'll go see eight. If it's good, I'll like it. We'll have a good time. Cool. We'll move on with life. I'm not anticipating eight like I'm anticipating Infinity War. We'll see how it is. Uh, that's really it for the movies for me this week. Nothing else really interesting personal life has happened. Uh, I did run into a... We, the last episode, we were talking about customer service and all that. It's funny. Yeah. The few days ago, so my wife wanted me to go to a local restaurant. I think I mentioned it last episode. It was uh, Moe's. It's a Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. She wanted to get Moe's while I was in a mugshots mode because I wanted to get one of my mugshots burgers. I wanted to get that McDonald's burger I was talking about. So I went and got her Moe's and I got got McDonald's. Moe's, uh, McDonald, the McDonald from Mugshots. Mugshots also has a sweet and salty caramel cheesecake. So I picked up two of those as well, one for me and one for her. I didn't check the bag when I got when I got there. I I I'll tell you right now, I don't check my bags really wherever I go. I should. I didn't. Oh well, whatever. The lady next there was a lady next to me as well that had a takeout order. We both got there at the same time. We both had a McDonald burger in our meal and we both had two extra boxes. I had two caramels, she apparently had two salads. <laughs> I get home, McDonald burgers there, I've got two salads. 
I was like, oh, man, he got our stuff backwards. Wasn't mad, Chris. Wasn't upset. I, I didn't throw a tantrum. I didn't throw fucking food across the room and scream at the moon. I did call the restaurant. I didn't demand to speak to a manager and cuss and yell and scream and demand my money back and act like I was personally fucking offended at the goddamn world. I actually laughed about it. I was like, hey, man, to tell you the truth, my wife actually said thank you because now I've got lunch for tomorrow and she has <laughs> leftovers as well. So it all really worked out in the end. He was very apologetic. You know, I'm so sorry. You know, I know you expected to get cheesecake. You got salad instead. I was like, hey, man, it's okay. He's like, I'll write you down. We'll totally get your refund the next time you come back. I was like, tell you the truth, I'd rather just come and get my cheesecake next time. He's like, we can do that too, man, whatever you want. Totally fine. I was like, just out of curiosity, how did the uh, how did the lady take it? He's like, sir, I can't even tell you over the over the phone. <laughs> I was like, I figured, I figured somebody has to raise a fucking fuss. It's just it's just a human mistake. Yeah. Now, I know everybody's situations are different. Maybe the burger was for her, and her husband needed a salad, and their daughter needed a salad. Maybe that was their dinner for the night, and they're ousted of the food. I get that the circumstances doesn't paint it. I don't have all the factors to make it right. But I didn't get what I wanted either, and it was just, hey, man, you made a mistake. You, you apologize, and you're going to make it right for me at my convenience. So, cool beans. Everything worked out fine. And most places will, you know, take care of a mistake like that. It's not like you have to raise a fit first. They're like, okay, we'll deal with it. Right. At, at a minimum, they most places, even my work included, do you have a receipt? Do you have some way to show that, yeah, yeah, okay, bring it with you. We'll get it taken care of. Whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So, As far as games, oh boy, Chris, here is a larger list for you. So... Number one game, besides Creed Black Flag, that's the only game. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've been playing it all the time. Uh, I was still in a whirlwind of just doing progression, not progression, but the extra stuff. Yeah. I, this is something about me that this game has just brought back into my attention. It's something that I know about me. I'm a collectibles kind of guy. Mm -hmm. When I kept, this is something that Breath of the Wild appealed to me. This is something that The Witcher appealed to me. This is something this game has appealed to me. And I know for a lot of people, Grand Theft Auto V did this as well. So many games do this now. And it is a selling point for me. If I can pull open a map and blow that fucking map up, and there are 7,000 markers on that map with little percentage indicators or little, uh, You've got this out of this indicators. I love that. I'm all over that. I have this thing where it's not it's not necessarily a completionist thing. It's just I want to try to do everything until I'm tired of doing everything. And then I'll either take a break and go do more storyline or I'll just say, all right, I had my fill. Like in Breath of the Wild, I got maybe 200 of the Korok seeds and I said, I'm good. But everything else, I did everything. I got all the shrines. I did all the dungeons, of course. I got all the armor sets, etc., etc. So with Black Flag over the past week, I took a break from the story, and I just went around the map and did all the shit that I hadn't been doing. I was taking out the uh, ramparts and the the little uh, 
citadel type things and claiming those and then thereby opening the map for more treasures. Yeah. I was clearing out towns, going back to the plate, to the, uh, travel points in the towns that I had visited and getting all the chests, getting all the, 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 uh, the little glowing balls. I forget what they were called, the fragments or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the notes. Number one, I pretty much got all the notes, period. All the shanties. Mm-hmm. I collected those. Anytime I went somewhere, if there were 12 <laughs> shanties, motherfucker, I may have got two chests and one glowing ore, but I got all 12 shanties. Um, so yeah, that's been, that's been me for the past about, pretty much for the past week. Just going and doing extra content in the game, just doing the additional stuff, checking off boxes. I'm, I'm a box checker. <laughs> You had asked me last episode uh-huh. if I have seen the uh, the the shit in this the, the four separate things in the water. I didn't know what you were talking about. I now know what you're talking about. I've seen all four of them. They've all four kicked my ass. I will get back to them soon. Yeah, I mean that, that I was the last up- thing I did. So. I will upgrade my ships and I will take them out. And I like uh, uh spoiler warnings for Assassin's Creed Black Flag. God, man, almost, almost fucked that one up. <laughs> the first one that I found of those was the two ships in one battle. Yeah. And they royally fucked me up. I'm working my way out to the map, and it, because I had opened one of the, uh, ramparts, whatever they're called, I don't, I'm trying to think of the actual icon itself. When you look at the map, they look like a little castle. Mm hmm. And they were marked red to show that that was enemy territory. Yeah. And then when you did it, they went green. Uh, there was some of those, well, most of them, all of them, actually, when you actually destroy them, they, they show you shit around them and they unlock basically here, here's a treasure chest you can find here. Here's a, a, a harpoon area, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they will also, if you get to the close to the area that will show these big fucking ships. I was like, hmm, it's a legendary ship, you say. Okay, yep. let me go see what this is about. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, I start sailing out there. Guys are singing a little shanty, having a good time. And I see these two ships start showing up. And they're like, oh, what is that? And I'm like, well... Let's go see what this is about. I've, I'm up there in my boat. I'm, I'm close to maxing everything out. I'm pretty powerful. Let's go try this shit out. They, they kicked my fucking ass. <laughs> they stomped my shit in like nothing. Like, they came around me and pinched, they pincered me. And the only one ship shot at me and took me down to like, a eighth of my health in one volley. The other ship pitched me in where I couldn't move, mm-hmm. and within three or four shots, I was dead. I said, "Oh, I gotta do some work for these guys." Yep. So I will get to them. I will upgrade. That's the thing for me. Once I've decided that, once I finally get my ship all the way upgraded, I will go take those on. I've got all the points on the map unlocked though. All the, all of those little castle areas, all the, the, uh, the little towns, all the islands, they've all, I've got all the chests, all that stuff. I've maxed out all that as I possibly can. And I've recently started back into the storyline, which is 
it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I've only been back to Abstergo one time, so that that's good. I, to the point to where every time when a story mission would kind of, when an arc would end, and they would kind of show the screen start to kind of digitize, sort of, yeah. kind of go to that wireframe, I was like, oh boy, here we go. And the loading screen would come up, and I'm like, yep. Go back into the fucking thing, <laughs> and it would be, and I, and I would see like you know a new pirate towns. Like, oh, thank God, I'm, I'm still in the game. Cool. I want to touch on some points that I, I've, I've been trying to take notes because there's so much shit that I haven't mentioned that are cool points, or that that I want to talk about that I want to bring up that I think are really cool. I'll tell you one of the negative ones just to start on the bottom. Not negative. They've been more funny to me than they've been a detriment and a game killer. There are some graphical, there are some glitches in this game now and again. Mm -hmm. I have stabbed somebody and then cut their throat and their body will land in a way to where their head is stuck in the ground, but their body (laughs) is sticking upside down, wobbling in the air, just just going crazy. There was one time where I fast-traveled to an area, and when I landed, when the screen loaded, I was facing into the town, and when I turned around to look behind me to where my ship was, the ship looked like somebody was had picked it up in the air <laughs> and was floating it in midair and then dropped it into the water. That was funny as shit. Another time, I fast-traveled to an area, and I was turning around to look at the boat, and imagine the boat was sitting on top of the water, Chris, but somebody had flipped it upside down yep. to where the bottom of the boat was <laughs> underneath the water. Now imagine somebody said, let me just take my hand and turn that ship right side up. That's what happened. The ship was underneath the water upside down and then just magically flipped right side up and was right. That's happened a few times. It's been funny as shit. Yeah. Uh... Oh good lord! I gotta, I gotta, I have no good handwriting, so let me try to. <laughs> Guy died as a plank. Okay, yeah, one time I, uh, I, I killed a guy. Okay, so I killed this guy by assassinating him from behind with my, with my blade. So I ran him through from the back. When I pulled my blade out, he was, he just instantly was face was was head level. Straight as a plank, and then drifted down to the ground as a plank. I said, "All right, okay." Uh, I have seen enemies blow themselves up. That was pretty funny. Uh, they were. I don't remember how this even happened. All I put was enemies blew themselves up. I don't, and I'm not talking about a grenade. I think this was. I think I was on a boat. I think I was take I had I had uh docked with a ship and was taking a ship over and you know sometimes they have the kegs. Yeah. I think somebody was shooting at me, or maybe he did throw a grenade, but my counter was at like three of fifteen killed and I heard an explosion and I saw twelve of fifteen <laughs> killed. And I looked back and there's just bodies. I said, okay. And it also showed one of the kegs were destroyed. Yeah. This is a funny one. You'll get a kick out of this. So much fun in this game, man. So, I'm on a mission. 
I don't remember what mission this was, but I was, I was in an area where I had a bunch of enemies around me, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to go kill like these two specific targets. I killed a target by assassinating him. I killed the other target, but when I assassinated him, I got caught, and I was gonna run all the way back to my ship. Okay, no, I, no, I'm sorry, I was running. I was running away from these enemies, and you know that as you go, they they'll chain each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll start with two, but then four more will aggro you. And as you're running, the more enemies that see you, you can have like fifteen or twenty of these fucking people running after you. And you'll have the one random guy that will run out ahead of the other ones and tackle you down. But you'll usually have a bunch of enemies that are running after you. I've got like eight, nine, ten, twelve something freaking markers behind me. And I'm close to the, 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 uh, shore slash dock area of this mission. And I'm running through, I'm running down the piers and I'm jumping across the poles. And of course, they as well are running down the piers and jumping across the poles. And I didn't look at the map, but I saw a ship. And I, I was like, there's my ship. Yeah, come on, guys. Let's see. I want to see if I can bring these enemies onto the ship. And I want to see if they will board this ship. And if they board the ship, if my crew was like, oh, hell yeah, Captain, we got your back. So I'm like, here we go. I got all these enemies running behind me. I'm running down the piers. I'm jumping across the poles. I'm running down the pier, hauling ass. They're on my tail. I'm like, yeah, motherfuckers, bring it on. Y'all are, y'all about to meet my crew. My crew's about to fuck you up. I jump on the ship. I turn him around. And they're sitting there. They're not, they're not jumping on the ship yet. And I'm like, oh, y'all scared now, huh? Well, yeah, you don't want to come on my ship, huh? You don't want to come on my ship? And then I look. Oh, fuck. This is not my ship. I was on an enemy <laughs> ship. Oh, shit. And I leave the ship. I get off the ship. And now I've got all the guys that were chasing me, plus the guys that were on the ship are coming after me. Oh, so that was literally what I said out loud with my wife hearing me. I was like, yeah, look at this, baby. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to come on my ship, huh? You don't want to fuck with me on my ship? This is not my ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, good time. Another thing. I told you last episode that I think this game has is... I know they're not going to update it. I know they're not, not going to add DLC. And don't spoil it if there's something that I haven't seen yet. But I did say that I thought this would be so cool... If something Cthulhu-esque would take place in this game, Mm -hmm. like you were on a mission somewhere or there was some DLC or some side content and you find some like eldritch fucking underwater beast, like some kind of giant squid or some octopus. Two things. One, I have fought a white whale. I have killed a white whale. Mm -hmm. I've got the skin of a white whale. So while it wasn't Moby Dick, it was a white whale. I thought that was pretty cool, but it was still the same thing as another as another whale, so not really that appealing. Yeah. However, one of those so as you remember, there are little like bell shaped symbols on your map, and those are the ones for you to take your diving bell down. Yep. Uh for the audience that haven't played this game, spoilers, blah blah blah. They are they're little to tell you the truth, I don't really care for these because I'm not an underwater fan. Mm-hmm. I think the way they did it is cool, and I don't hate it. I just, I'm not a fan of underwater stuff, so whatever. They're not, it's not a game breaker for me. Anyway, 
You take this diving bell, it, it dives way down, and then you have like a limited amount of air to go search for treasure or those orbs or whatever. I was in a ship, Chris. I was looking for this treasure chest. It was one of those, you, you remember how they do it where like a ship will have like four or five different ways to get inside. Yeah. You have to go in through an obvious door and then go through a hallway and then go through a trap door and all that. And it, it, it'll take you sometimes two or three entrances to get to a treasure chest. I was working my way through this sunken ship to get to this treasure chest. And I'm telling you, I know what I saw. I saw giant squid tentacles. And when I went to swim toward the door where I saw them out, the, the tentacles pulled away. And I was like, am I seriously about to fight a giant squid? Is this, <laughs> am I going to get my wish? I turned the, I went in that doorway and I turned the corner. Nothing was there. I said, okay, game. Okay. You're trying to scare me, huh? It's not going to work, but I want to know what the fuck that was. Not from you. You don't have to tell me, but. Something was there. I know what I saw. I saw fucking squid-like tentacles sticking out of that hallway. They were blurry. They were hard to see. But when I got close enough where I could make them out, they and they pulled in. And when I went in where they were supposed to be, there was nothing there. So I'm hoping this is a mystery that I get to solve. If not, that was a pretty cool little Easter egg-style type uh, addition. Something they didn't have to put in, but they did anyway. Yeah, to be honest, I can't actually remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, another detail about this game that I like. Here's another attention to detail thing that I like. Whenever Kenway has to run through water, he runs like a fucking human running through water <laughs> does. You know, with the fucking exaggerated, like, picking your Tiny's. legs way up and swinging them way wide. I love that. There is a there is a grading of him like running, running, slowing down, picking his legs up, picking his legs up further, slowing down further to where he's doing that thing that we as humans do when we're trying to run through water when it's all the way up to our freaking, you know, our thighs. We're way picking up. I love that. I love that attention. See... Uh, there was one time where I was on the shore. I had just landed and we ha and I had to go chase somebody down and the target kept getting away from me because I heard explosions behind me and there were like six to eight ships behind me having a fucking naval battle <laughs> and I kept watching the naval battle. Like, I heard explosions, and I turn around, and there's, like, obviously fucking British and, or Spanish, whatever, two different opposing... Sh there were pirates and Spanish ships, like, just fucking fighting it out. And I'm like, oh, shit. And they're close, you know? They're not way off in the distance, so I'm watching all these fights happen, and then my target kept getting away. So <laughs> I failed the mission and had to restart it. I was like, I don't fucking care about that character right now. I want to watch this. Um... Brawl for a pub. Oh, oh, yeah. This is a kill that I never, I had have never seen this before. But, so, sometimes you will go to an island or an area, and there'll be a pub there. Mm -hmm. And the pub will be currently taken over by other pirates or hoodlums or whatever. And 
Kenway will go in there and cause a fight, and then when he beats them up, it scares them away, and then you get to be part of the, like it. It basically clears the pub out for everybody to use. So, and they have a myriad of ways that they start it. Like Kenway will go and order a drink, and he'll like be checking out this girl, or the girl will actually the girl is checking him out, mm-hmm. and the hoodlums like. Nah, girl, you ain't gonna check him out. Hey, motherfucker, I'm gonna fuck you up. And then you beat his ass. Or somebody will walk past you and spill a drink on you. And it's so funny, because, like, they'll barely push Kenway, and Kenway will fucking body (laughs) slam them on the ground. Like, come on, bitch! Uh, So I was fighting in one of these areas. I was fighting some hoodlums. And usually, usually he just punches them and just beats them unconscious. One of these, I'm punching a dude, kicking him, punching him. He just snaps a dude's neck. <laughs> just, psh! I was like, "Oh fuck!" It's just, it was just out of nowhere because it was like five different dudes. It was punch, punch. They're down. I kicked him. He's not getting up. Punch, 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 knockout. Punch, 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 knockout. Punch, punch, kick. Punch, punch, neck snap. <laughs> oh, well. Last thing that I saw was really cool. I'm seeing this more now. Leapfrog kills. That shit is fucking awesome. So if, if you are, if you have Kenway Mm -hmm. and you, and in front of you is an enemy and then behind that, directly behind that enemy is another enemy, you will jump up and stab the first guy through the neck, hop over his, using his shoulders, hop over him to stab the other guy, and then jump over that dude and keep going. That shit's cool. Yeah, I've had that happen more recently, but dude, we're talking, I was 60-something percent through the game before that happened for me the first time, and that blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I was I was sneak-killing a guy, and I was like, uh... Because you, you know, when you go to kill two people, and they're side-by-side, side, he'll do that shit where he just you know, sticks his arms out and kill both of yeah. them. And I was like, I don't know. Okay, so I had two people walking in line, one behind the other in front of me. And I was like, man, I don't know because I feel I feel if I try to go too far to the side of the guy to where I am in between, I think the guy in the back is going to see me. I don't want to trigger him. And I feel like if I kill the dude from behind, he's going to go, uh, and it's going to alarm <laughs> the guy in front of him, so I'm going to have to fight him. Ah, fuck it. I mean, this literally was like a three-second thought. I was like, how am I going to do this? Ah, let's just fucking kill him, and I guess I'll just fight the other dude. I stab him. I jump up on him, stab him through the neck, kick off of him, stab the other guy through the neck, kick off of him, and keep going like nothing happened. (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. So needless to say, still having a lot of fun with it. I forget what percentage I am through the game. I've got, I've got to be, if, if I'm not three quarters through the game, I'm at least two thirds. Mm-hmm. A lot, a majority of the side stuff is done. And that's including the naval, uh, the naval contracts. You know, where you send the ships out to go do stuff and they're timed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just sent my, la- my last two out. So I think most of those are done as well. I'm still working on... They do have some time-unlocked areas, I guess you'd say, like the Mayan stuff. I want that Mayan suit so bad. But 
The last one is a area that's unlocked via story further down the road, gotcha. so I gotta wait to do that one. Yeah. I've gotten fifteen of these sixteen things, and the sixteenth <laughs> one is Yeah. Hopefully it's not too but, far. Yeah, hopefully it's not. That's 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 the only suit I want. Uh, still working on upgrading. I think almost every category. I'm e- I'm either on the last last thing to unlock to the elite versions of them, or I have two. Like I think I need two more armor. I think I need one more cannon, maybe one more uh, ram strength, etc. But it's almost there. But it. I'm telling you, it scares me because even with my ship almost being maxed out, those legendary ships fuck me up. Yeah, it really all comes down to strategy on those. I mean, having everything fully upgraded, you definitely want that before really, really trying hard. But Mm -hmm. you could probably do it a little earlier, but you have to have the strategy for it. That's key. I'm sure there's rewards for doing these. I don't even know what they are. I'm not concerned with the rewards right now. I'm just concerned with, oh, I'm a, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to take them out. So if I'll give I'll wait and give myself the advantage of maxing out my ship. Yeah, I believe I did it because there's an achievement for it. So it's part of my mm-hmm. all achievements. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it actually gives anything beyond that or at that point if it's anything you care about. Uh, last little bit of thing before we move on to our kind of topic, not so topic this week, I guess, is I do think it's really cute slash funny. So whenever you get into a, a naval battle with another ship, depending on the ship level, like if it's like a schooner or something small, you shoot it enough, that bitch just destroyed. It's just gone. But a lot of them, you can damage it so so much that you dock the ship and you basically sit, your crew goes to their boat and y'all fight and i still think that is so fucking fun i love i look it is it's fun and i love the camaraderie because as soon as you start docking you start seeing shit happening ropes are getting thrown across yeah your crew's climbing up to, so they can jump across you got you got planks being thrown across. You got them shouting and screaming and get you can see them going to grab their weapons. When you're about to fight another ship, it's not just oh they dock together and then cut screen and you're all fighting. You see your crew get ready and go do the fighting. Yep. Now them climbing and on the other side, you get to see the enemy trying to like they're trying to chop the ropes off and they're all like cheering, like, come on, get me, motherfucker. So I think it's so funny. The options you have when you're done are you can use their assets to repair your ship. Yep. You can sink it and just flat out get the rewards, which is salvage the ship. Mm-hmm. Or you can send that ship to your fleet. You basically yep. recruit that ship. And I love Kenway just walks up. And throws a pirate hat on the one guy, and there's another guy in front of him. He just sticks his arms up like, "Yeah!" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'm a pirate now." I love their their fucking shit animated faces, but they're like, "Yeah, we're, I guess we're pirates now." Like, yep. we were serving the British, 
And we were sworn under contracts, but hey, we got our ass kicked, so yeah, we're pirates now. You have been conscripted. Welcome. Yeah, they're just cool with it. Like, yeah, no opposition here. We're just pirates now. So, I mean, really, if your choice is, you know, come help us pirate or you're going to walk the plank, you may yeah. more times than not choose the pirate. <laughs> yeah. Davy Jones gave you that choice back in Pirates of the Caribbean, the second one. Do you fear death? I still <laughs> love that movie. Still having fun with it. Uh, I imagine I'll get back to the other games when this one... I told you, this is how it works for me. Sometimes I'm playing two games. Sometimes I'm playing one. Sometimes I'm playing ten. Uh, there was a point where I was playing about seven, but then this one just took took everything over. And once I feel like I'm finished with this game, I'll probably go back to... Yeah, I'll go back and finish Freedom Planet and Robot Called Fight. I know I'll finish Valkyra Chronicles. And who knows? what? I mean, Chris was around. Maybe somebody have got me a, a game. So we'll see. For right now, I, my plan is to finish this out. Having fun. Yeah, this was one of those weeks for me. You know, I was talking about getting ready for moving. And I did go, even though I wasn't able to load up stuff into my pod yet, um, I was going through storage every day after work. So I'd get home yeah. and I'd be like, I don't want to spend a ton of time on a game. I don't have time for it. Um, and that's where, you know, I didn't play any Mario this week because first off, my control, my controllers were dead, which mm. is super annoying. Um, and what I've learned is if the switch itself is on, the controllers, they die. Really? So I guess it keeps that connection alive when the controller isn't completely on. So if I don't turn plug them into the console itself to charge overnight, then the next day they're going to be dead. So wow. I'm not a fan of that, and I'm actually trying to decide on what I want to buy for controller, it, whether I get one of the pro controllers or I get uh, a different thing that the... Uh, the, the switch controller, tr controller slot into like I have now, but one that you can actually plug in. It looks identical, but it has the port on the top of it to charge while you're playing. So nice. I'm trying to decide on what I want to actually get, but I, I'm not going to be able to deal with this. I have to plug it in every single time I stop playing thing. Um, yeah, screw that. And also because once I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I should probably hold off because I'm going to be living at a hotel next week. So yeah. Switch is a good thing to take with me and play then. I don't want to play all my Mario games and have nothing else to play on it next week. Yeah. Well, Chris, the uh, 2017 Game Awards that mm -hmm. we were talking about last episode wrapped up as we were finishing up our episode. Yep. I want to say right off the bat, I'm going to put this full disclosure out there for me. And we'll see how you feel about it, and we'll put a stamp on the end of time cast seal of approval or disapproval. I liked the Game Awards show this year. Like, I went back and actually watched mm -hmm. the show as a whole. From the production, to the style, to the way that things were presented, to the feel of the Game Awards show, the authenticity they were trying to go for, I liked it. Enjoyed it. Had a good time with it. But... There's a but. A lot of people's big 
negative to this is that there were a ton of game announcements. I don't know why that's a bad thing. I guess because maybe you don't see a lot of movie announcements at the movie awards. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen movie awards in a long time. Same thing with music awards. I have no problem with them doing big world premiere game announcements at the award show. I mean, if that that's less that's less fluff and more game stuff that we want. Yeah, based on what I was reading about it, and I I only watched bits and pieces of it. I didn't go back and watch the whole thing afterwards. But based on yeah. what I was reading, people didn't have an issue with at least. I'm sure some people did it just being there, like you were saying. But one of the reasons they didn't like the trailers being in there was that they took time away from the actual awards. And there were situations where it was like, okay, here's your thing, or something like that. And there was no, uh, even no look at the contenders, nothing like that at all. Uh, that, that's where I was going with this. Okay. Is that I, I like the trailers. I like the show as a whole. I did not like how there were several categories that basically got glossed over. I think there was one point where he just rapid fired like three different awards and all they got was somebody was up there just rattling them off. Mm -hmm. That was it. There was no, here's the presenter. The presenter said, here's the nominees and the award goes to, ta-da, and the person comes up, oh, such a great award. There were categories that they were just like, all right, so we got the winner for this category. Here's the contenders, blah, 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 blah. And the winner is this. So congratulations. Move on. That I did not like. That happened not, it shouldn't have happened any. Shouldn't have happened any. So I'm not going to say there were several, but this shouldn't have happened any at all, period. Didn't like that aspect. Everything else about the Game Awards, I liked it all. I even liked the little shout out that they did, the, uh, the Lifetime Achievement Award they did. Awesome. I liked all of it. I liked what they were going for. I feel like Jeff Keighley's really getting a good handle on the feel of these. I know it, it can seem pompous. I know it can seem really fluffy and and hoity-toity, but this is the, these are awards that are going to deserving games. Yeah. For instance, Cuphead. Well, we'll we'll get to them. Let's mm-hmm. let, let's go over the. Uh, Let's do a really quick hash through of all what won what and see what how we feel about it. Okay. If you have the list handy. I do. Is. Oh well, perfect. So, Let's keep, we'll keep the game. We'll keep the game of the year for last, yeah. like we did last time. Yeah. And I realize that we did go over some of mm-hmm. these in a really quick episode, but th- we're trying to actually give it time this time. Now that all the dust has settled. So. And I think there was one where it actually. Because I was going off the wiki for winners um, that I didn't actually see. But when I went back and looked at the wiki, it didn't match up with what I saw on the screen. I was like, wait, what? And then when I checked the wiki compared to the Game Awards website, it was different. It was what I originally had. And I think I yeah. said what I had, but it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I don't know which screwed up what. There was on the web, the Game Awards website, they didn't even have the winner selected for one or two categories days afterwards. So I was like, okay, hopefully by time we're ready to talk about, you know, those final winners, they'll have everything squared away. And it, it looks like they do. Um, I, I know nothing about the Chinese games. 
So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, best indie game we covered that was Cuphead, which well deserved. I mean, yes. Can't say enough good things about Cuphead. I, I am. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna list them anyway, but I am so happy at the number of awards they got this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think their total was four or five. Yeah. It was pretty up there. Um, best esports team went to Cloud9. Not. Um, I don't know. I don't really care all that much. Yeah. I'm more of a Team Liquid fan myself, C- but. Congrats to them. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> best esports player um, went to a League of Legends player, Faker. Not familiar. I don't follow League of Legends. Um, so I was actually a little disappointed that Cold Zero didn't win it. Uh, he's a CSGO player. Really good player. Um, Nico's good as well, but I I would have edged towards Cold Zero. Uh, best esports game. I already expressed my disappointment over that one, being Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which, really, there's nothing... Rocket League's the only thing on there that's really new, new. What Rocket League came after Overwatch, right? Ooh, I think Rocket League was first. Really? Yeah, Maybe I think just because it's not as for... been beaten into the ground. We should, well... <laughs> Well, actually, if you look at the release dates, the Rocket League came out. I'm totally not looking this up online. <laughs> <laughs> I typed in Rocket League. <laughs> Rocket League came out July 7th of 2015. Overwatch feels Overwatch is only like a year old. Yeah, because it was a that contender in a different out, category, wasn't it? That came out May 24, 2016. Okay, so Rocket League's older. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, none of these games are new. So it's interesting that we've yet to get a new contender in the eSports realm. We're kind of stuck in this Overwatch and Prior, or yeah, Overwatch and Prior, because Overwatch is the newest one um, thing. So it is what it is. Uh, Trending Gamer went to Dr. Disrespect. I don't watch them personally. I know a lot of people like them. I from I gotta tell you from what he what I saw of him on stage, I was like, yeah, not my cup of tea. Yeah, and I don't actually recognize. I recognize Shroud because he's a Cloud Nine player on CS:GO. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize the other ones. I was very surprised that I had no idea who any of these were besides Doctor Disrespect and Shroud. And Shroud's a pro gamer. I mean, he's not a... I mean, he streams as well, but he streams CSGO, you know. It's a different kind of fan base, I think, than a traditional streamer. Uh, I'm not sure if that makes sense or not. Uh, but it, the description is streamer, influencer, or media member that made an important impact on the industry. I don't know what any mm-hmm. of those people did for the industry. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, best student game, level squared. Don't know anything about these. Good for him uh, or her. Oh, it's a team. Okay, good for them. <laughs> uh, best indie game, Cuphead. 
which, again, Woo! can't say enough good things about them. No surprise there. Um, Pyre, I don't know anything about. Night in the Woods, don't know anything about. And I don't know anything about the other two, even though they're apparently contenders in a lot of categories. Um, okay. What Remains of Edith Finch and Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice. Oh, yeah, okay, so the Sinuous Sacrifice. Yeah. I, it, it took me having to go look up like a video and screenshots and I was like, oh yes, I have seen this before. This is the one that revolved around them making a game about uh, a person having a mental illness. I want to say it was schizophrenia. I, c- I could be wrong. But yeah, that okay, so that aspect and all that around it, I thought that was very cool. But the gameplay in general, nothing really appealed to me, so I never really checked it out mm-hmm. further than that. Um, most anticipated game. Uh, we talked about this Last of Us Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, hesitant about that. Uh, By the way, so I can, fo- I can follow along with you directly. Which side are you picking this from? Uh, TheGameAwards.com. Okay. The main site. Um, the other ones on there were Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, Spider-Man, and God of War. I have officially watched Giant Bombs. Uh, they're, they they did like a like a two-hour play of the Monster Hunter World. Yeah. And looks fun. Yeah, I didn't watch a whole lot. I, I sent you the link about the beta being available, and I was going to watch someone play, but they ended up not playing it on stream. And I didn't want to just find a random person. I wanted to actually watch one of my usuals play it. So I haven't watched any of it, I don't think. Yeah. Or they may have been on the character selection or something like the character design, whatever it is. Which I think was pretty limited in the beta, but could be mistaken. Um, whoops. Um, best multiplayer. That went to PUBG. And, you know, I've ranted about PUBG enough, but one thing I did see that GameSpot has their own Game of the Year thing, and they mm-hmm. actually put out an article titled, why PUBG isn't a contender in our awards. And the reason being is they cut off their 2017 year on like December 7th. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize this when we had our last cast, but PUBG actually goes out of early access this week. So it is technically within 2017. So that's where that leeway, I guess, comes into them being a contender for the 2017 is because it will be out out of early access. So, um, it, given the contenders, it's not really surprising. I figured it would be between PUBG or Fortnite. Um, like I said though earlier, Call of Duty World War II, multiplayer looks great, especially with the new mode. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll see it you know, gaining popularity. 
best sports slash racing game. We talked about that. That went to Forza. I haven't played any of the games. Don't really care about them that are on there. Um, other than Gran Turismo, I do want to try again. Uh, let's see. Best strategy game. Yeah, that went to Mario plus Rabbids. Which, hey, I mean, come on now. Sounds like Tooth and Tail should have beat it up, friend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've never played Halo's Halo Wars. Have you? I think I played a little bit of the original. I do own one. I might own two because I intended mm. to play them. And I just never yeah. did. Uh, yeah, I can't remember much about the first one. And it's one of those yeah. games where I didn't watch people play it because I didn't want it spoiled. So yeah. I don't know a whole lot about it right now. Best family game. Yeah, that was... That's a hell of a category, still. But, yeah, Super Mario Odyssey... Sure. Um, I mean, it's not a bad game, so it's just it's the category itself that makes me kind of you know tilt my head. Not any of the games. Yeah. Uh, best fighting game. I think we talked about this one. It was Injustice Two. Yeah, which I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Poor Infinite. Y'all have so much work to do. But yeah, it, and again, from what I've seen from Tekken 7, I've enjoyed it as well. Again, from what I've seen, not from played. I have never played either than the Nidhogs. The first one didn't appeal to me. The second one looks fun, but not enough that made me want to give it a try. Uh, I don't have a Switch, but I'll, I could, I would try ARMS, but there's a fever pitch around ARMS that I, I've never gotten involved in. I don't understand. But everything that I've seen about Injustice 2, I've I've enjoyed. Mm -hmm. It's it's not just because the turtles are coming. It's it's because everything I've seen about it, I've enjoyed. So, good good with that one. Best RPG went to Persona 5. We talked about that one. Yeah. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Sorry, not feeling it. Odyssey. I mean, Odyssey RPG. Oh, wait, this is action-adventure. Sorry. <laughs> Try that again. Mario Odyssey. Uh, strong contender, I imagine. B- wait a minute. We're on role-playing yes, game. I'm sorry. My ma- I'm sorry. My mouse reel, my mouse wheel <laughs> scrolled way too fast. Okay. So, Nier Automata. Yeah, we already know. <laughs> Whatever. Final Fantasy XV. Oh, come on, guys. Final <laughs> Fantasy XV. And South Park. Great mechanics. Yeah. Not... And... And I said Persona Five is one, so I am gonna make strides to go, to go get that game. Yep. I have my opinions on it sometime in the future. Stay tuned. Yeah, and I have uh, Divinity: Original Sin on my list. I think I actually own the first game from a Steam sale. I don't have the second one, um, but it's on my list to play as well because I've heard a lot of good I things about I'm, it. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to try that out. I've seen other people play it as well, so we'll see. Yep. Best action adventure game went to uh, Breath of the Wild. 
no surprise there. Yeah. Um, I don't think... I mean, again, I think, personally, the only real contender here would probably be Odyssey, but I haven't played Origins as much as you. I don't... I don't from what I... I don't feel like Origins has put up a... can put gloves up to, to Breath of the Wild, though, so. No, like I said, Origins was technically sound, but it left a lot to be desired. Um, I really thought it would be a contender between our competition between Breath of the Wild, uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, and Odyssey. I thought it would be between yeah. those three. Even though a lot of people liked Horizon Zero Dawn, but a lot of people didn't. So, it's too much of a mixed bag to really be a contender in my eyes. Yeah. Um... Best action game. I'm um, not sure if... I don't think this one was discussed last time. The nominations were Wolfenstein 2, Prey, Neo, uh, Destiny 2, and Cuphead. Um, Wolfenstein 2 won it. Um, Prey, I'm surprised, was on here because I heard a lot of bad things about Prey. Yeah. Neo. Like I heard, yeah, I heard a lot of people talking about Prey, mm -hmm. like the the way the game's mechanics were. But the the undertone that I got was that it was not good enough. It wasn't what they expected, or it didn't live up to expectations. Yeah, so. um, I can't remember the exact complaints anymore. But yeah, there were a lot of issues people had with the game. Mm -hmm. um, Neo had a huge popularity spike um yeah so i'm not surprised to see it on here destiny 2 okay um i think that's too much of a mixed bag right now for people to really yeah. lump it up there um cuphead well, i guess it is action i'm eh. uh action yeah, I, genre I, I, focused on combat okay I feel Cuphead has gloves to contend with, but they're very smaller. They're much smaller gloves compared to Wolfenstein and Neo. Yeah. I'm glad to see them nominated again. That's great. Yeah. But, I, I mean, you compare Cuphead to Neo, you have <laughs> a much larger game to contend against. Yeah. Same thing with Wolfenstein. Well, I would say Cuphead, then Wolfenstein 2, and then Neo. But I haven't played Neo personally. I've just seen gameplay <laughs> and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I'm, the fact that they went so bold with Wolfenstein 2, uh, I'm okay with it winning, but it says the best action game, and I just don't, I don't know if Wolfenstein's 2, Wolfenstein 2's action is better than Neo's action. That's, that's debatable to me. I, 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 I get what Neo you're saying, yeah. I feel like Neo might have won it out in the action. Like, yes, Wolfenstein 2 has action. It has great story, et cetera, et cetera. But action. Just yeah. talking about the action. Eh. That's I feel fair. like that might have been a favorite win. <laughs> uh, best VR slash AR game. Went to Resident Evil 7. I don't... I don't sure. Yeah, the only thing I said about this was I was surprised Star Trek... Didn't want it out because that was supposed to be such a huge thing. Um, yep. Anyway. Best handheld game. Went to Metroid Samus Returns. Um, 
which given what I see, sure, not not mad that it won. Yeah, I haven't actually played the others. I would imagine the big contender out of this would have been Fire Emblem because that's a huge yeah. franchise um, yeah. and a well-liked franchise. Monster Hunter on handheld is whatever. I haven't played Stories, but when I played Ultimate or whatever, or 3 Ultimate or Ultimate 3, whatever it was, I was very disappointed. wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, best mobile game, Monument Valley 2 won it, which was a contender for the best Chinese game. So apparently it's a Chinese mobile game. Never played it. Um, the only one I played on here at all was Fire Emblem Heroes, which is not a bad game. It's a fun game. Um, just got stuck in that having to get lucky with draws for heroes type thing, which gets old really quick when you have no way of forcing or even increasing the odds of getting what you want. So mm-hmm. it's one of those grinds. It's not pleasant. Um, best ongoing game. Uh, it went to Overwatch, which is an interesting thing because GTA Online has been crushing it with the DLC all year long. They just released one this week, and people love it. So it seems kind of odd that uh, Overwatch would went out over it. But that's yeah. just Overwatch hype, I guess. Not done beating that into the ground. Um, I'm also surprised PUBG didn't win just because of its popularity as well right now. Um, yeah, enough about that. Games for Impact. So, the description of this was a thought-provoking game with a profound... profound pro-social meaning or message. So now we know what the definition of that one is. Right. Um, and it went to Hellblade. And, yeah, given what what we know about Hellblade, sure. Yeah. Yep, I don't have anything to say about these games. Um, Life is Strange has its own little following. I've heard they're okay. Um, what Remains of Edith Finch keeps popping up and after I read a description of it, I don't know if I'll go and play it or not. It doesn't sound like a game I would personally enjoy, but it mm-hmm. must be a good game, you know, with all the nominations it's gotten to. Yeah. Um, best performance went to the person that plays Senua in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. I don't recognize any of the others. Um, I mean, BJ from Wolfenstein 2 is on there. So I, yeah. I don't know how well his performance was, though. I, I heard it was good, and what I saw was good. Um, but it's kind of interesting that there's two, both the characters from uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy are on here. So they must have yep. killed it. Yep. Um, I'm I'm totally content with her getting that award. The fact that she had to capture that that aspect of human nature that we don't see captured in video games. Mm-hmm. And apparently she captured it very well. Kudos to her. Yep. Glad she won the award. Yep. Um, best audio design, which I don't think 
no, we did talk about this one. It's Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice as well. So I had the audio to go with the story, you know. I suppose. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You did talk about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> well, I, I think I'm. I think I also mentioned that uh, Mario Odyssey is a great contender because that the, the music sets the pace so mm-hmm. well for Mario Odyssey, from what I see. I like the audio choice of Breath of the Wild. I like the fact that they went to the subtle stuff, uh, the subtle music tones and keys. I love that. But every stage in Mario has that upbeat Yahoo fucking Mario Nintendo music jazzy track to it, and I love it. So I thought that would have been a a really good contender. Uh, Resident Evil 7... I mean, it has some music stuff here and there, and the audio design as a whole, and we're talking from the voices to the sounds, all that, yes, it does set the theme as well for what that game is. So, uh, whatever whatever Hellblade did above those two specifically, uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with it because I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do know that Resident Evil 7 and Mario Odyssey were definitely two strong contenders in my opinion. Um, See, best, best, yeah, best score, score slash music. music. Uh, I had to just say sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep, near Automata. I would definitely say Odyssey or even Cuphead or hell even Persona Five over Near, but <laughs> again, I feel like I'm just demanding hatred every time I talk about this game now. So whatever. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like me and PUBG at this point. <laughs> um, best art direction. We talked about that. Went to Cuphead. No surprise there at all. Nope. Uh, nope. The fact that they stuck to that mm-hmm. and captured all of that so well, again, a much-deserved award. Glad they got it. Yep. Best narrative. Um, we talked about that a little bit. What Remains of Edith, Edith Finch won that one. Um, yeah, I'd have to play it or watch a play of it to even know. I can't really talk about Wolfenstein had a good narrative. Mm-hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn kind of bored me. <laughs> Near Automata tried to have a good narrative. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that it won an award for that, and that is what the the, the game seems to be revolving around. Yes, maybe I should give it a try. Yep. Um. Best game direction. So this is another one we were curious about what it actually meant. Awarded to a game studio for outstanding creative vision and innovative innovation in game direction and design. Yep. So it's kind of what we... Th- I think we had... This is another version of what we were saying. It's how the game as a whole was taken. Like, they chose to make the game this way, with this vision, mm. this direction. Like, Breath of the Wild. The, they took the, the old school over-the-head thing. They said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do the Ocarina kind of behind-the-character style. 
We're going to pan the camera back. It's going to be open world. That is a creative direction that they chose. Uh, same thing with Wolfenstein. That's back from the first Wolfenstein. You know, we're not. It's not just going to be a Doom clone. It's going to be. We're going to have a strong story, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et Resident Evil bringing the creep factor back, bringing the uh, bringing the suspense and the horror back to the genre. Odyssey again, open world. Now, the reason why I pick all four of those over Zero Dawn, I think I mentioned this as well, is because these four titles chose a direction based off a predecessor. Now, that's not saying that that's what this category is about. I'm saying that these have more weight because they have something to go against. Horizon Zero Dawn, they just designed the game as an open-world game. This is not Horizon Zero Dawn 2 that then went to a first-person shooter from an open-world game, you know? Yeah, Um, I can see that. I, again, I still... I don't... I don't know if I picked uh, Resident Evil 7, but I I really like Resident Evil's direction, I'd say, over all these. It's nice that Zelda and Mario went... It's, I'm glad that Mario and Zelda both went open world, and I'm glad that Wolfenstein continued the strong story mm-hmm. and the strong narrative. But the fact that Resident Evil 7, it's like they looked at Resident Evil 6 and 5 and went, okay, we're not doing that anymore. We've got to do something different. We've got to isolate the characters. We've got to bring them back to a, a smaller setting. We've got to take the world shit and bring it down. Uh, I really feel like with Resident Evil, the direction they chose, the vision they went after, uh, the creative choices they made were to go back to a uh, suspense, a horror, a thrill-type game. So that would have been my pick. Breath of the Wild one. And what are you going to do? <laughs> and what are you going to do? So all we've got left on this one is the game of the year. Yep. Which was Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, PUBG, P5, and Horizon. I mean, this is kind of a no contest. And I did say I figured it would be between Persona 5 and Breath of the Wild. I will say this. I I have ex- I've played and completed to my extent Breath of the Wild. I've I, I, my vote would not be for Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. I I'm eager to get into P5 and have my stance on that. I will have Mario Odyssey at some point at some day. And I may may play PUBG. I've actually it's been on my list. It's been on my wish list, my Steam wish list. I've been interested in playing it since it came out. And as long as I can't step in that game in the first two weeks, have my ass utterly fucking turned inside out because of how <laughs> difficult it is, I will give it a fair shake. I will say right now, I am not against PUBG. I'm not at all. I want to play it. Number one, I can't afford to play it. Two, I uh, can't afford to play it. <laughs> but once once I play these four, I'd love to look back on this list and see how difficult it would be for me to make this decision. Because as you have in your hands now, Mario Odyssey, you're talking about a Mario game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be horrible. Right. It's not going to be bad. The fact that it's up in the Game of the Year category with it just being released only a few months ago, that says something. 
you already know Breath of the Wild is going to be there. And I've heard nothing but great things about P5. Yep. Like P5 being a you-must-play-before-you-die RPG. <laughs> so love to try these out and check. But I, of course, am not. I'm totally fine with Breath of the Wild winning. I think it's much deserved. I think that everything that went into that game, it, it's a great game. 9.5 in my book still. And I also love how fucking excited and happy they were when they went up there and presented that award. I like their speeches. I like what they talked about. I like that they were like, thank, we glad, we're glad, we made this game this way. We're glad that you loved it. And that's what the game awards is about to me. It's about people getting up there and going, I didn't even think we'd win this. Like, uh, Cuphead? Oh God, <laughs> they were grinning ear to ear both times. All times. And they, you know, they, uh, we can't, to be, one of the times they said, paraphrasing, to even be nominated up here, to be standing up here against these titans of games is phenomenal. And fucking right it is. Yeah. That is a little indie, cute, little fun, but difficult game that got up there with, not in the same categories as, but in the realms of Mario Odyssey, Persona 5, Breath of the Wild, all these top-tier well-known games. If I had to take a game away that was like, you know, the game of game awards, Cuphead would be it for me. I I need to get that game just to support them, even mm-hmm. if I don't even fucking play the game, <laughs> because that's that's what the world needs more of. You need more games that pull away from the bipedal humanoid, let's go save the world from the one bad person. They they had a vision with this game. They wanted to go old school. They wanted to go cartoony. They wanted to try to keep it as authentic. They wanted to have old school tie-ins and old school callbacks from the music design to the, the visuals, all that. They kept it in range. They kept it all together, and it came out so well. Every award, every accolade they get, I feel much deserved. Yep. So props to you, Cuphead. Glad you won. So what what do you think you'll play it on? You, will you play it on uh, console or are you going to do it on Steam? Uh, Cuphead will probably be on Steam. It brings up a good point. Unfortunately, P5 is only on the PS4. I have yeah. a PS4, so that's okay. But <laughs> I'm now at the opposite end of my Steam spectrum where years ago I was like, ah, fuck Steam. I don't need Steam. Now I'm like, that's not coming to Steam? Oh, man. Like Bloodborne. I'll never have Bloodborne on Steam. I'll probably will never have P5 on Steam. But I have a PS4, so it's okay. So, I think that is going to do it for this episode. Now, I want to make a really quick announcement. As we said at the beginning of this episode, we are eight days away from Christmas. Uh... Chris and I make it a point we don't discuss like business and scheduling and all that on the podcast, so we won't be doing that here, but just so you folks know, if you don't see another episode of us, say within the next week, week and a half, don't stress, we're not gone. <laughs> if if me or Chris don't do another episode, I will do my due diligence and make a post or something, but because it's the holidays, 
our schedules may be stretched, so it may be a week, maybe a, maybe two weeks before the next episode comes. But have no fear, we will have another episode, be it in this year or the or next year. Uh, I don't know off the top of hand what our next topic is, but we usually don't discuss the next topic anyway. We <laughs> save that for the episode, but hopefully you look forward to it. Uh, you can tell us what you think about the Game Awards. We'd love to know how you feel, if you were upset, what praises you got to sing, what, what, how did you feel about the show in general? What changes would you see? Because again, I'll tell you right now, next year, if it's this quality, if it's like this, great. Thumbs up. But every single category needs to be represented. Mm-hmm. And if not, there needs to be some reason. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the people couldn't make it. Maybe the award winners couldn't make it, so they just rapid-fired them. But even so, present every award. I'm all for seeing new games, but if you're going to have a game awards show, give them all awards properly. Yeah. You know? No glossing over next year. And give the uh, nominations you know, their time as well. Precisely. You can leave us any feedback on the Game Awards or anything we talked about in this episode or anything you want to talk about in general. To our Facebook page, you can send us a message. You can leave a comment on our wall. Uh, we do have a Facebook page. It's probably how you found this thing. Uh, we have an email. You can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny spelling or letters, just the way that I just said it. Uh, we also have a Twitter, same thing, you can look for End of Time Cash, you can twit me. We don't have a P.O. Box or an address yet for us, we haven't got that big yet, <laughs> that'll be down the road. I'm not interested in getting fucking Dragon Dildo shipped to an email, <laughs> I mean to a, to a P.O. Box just yet, we'll save that. You had to future. say it. I had to say it, because you know it's going to happen. Well, maybe it wouldn't have if you hadn't given people ideas. Well, this is your fault, Chris. How's it my fault? Because you didn't say it. Well, I wouldn't say it. But by you <laughs> not saying it prompted somebody to have to say it, it might as well have been me. So if you had just said it, I would have not said it, then you couldn't say you said it. Mm-hmm. This works. Your logic is impeccable. <laughs> Until next time. Go play Cuphead that I just bought you. <laughs> Until- <laughs> Until next episode, everybody, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And in case we don't hear from you, I'll say it again next time if we do. But in case we don't, you don't hear from us before then, Merry Christmas, everybody. And good night. It's not a proud sponsor of Dragon Ball, <laughs> <laughs>